All right, we are back here on the Goat Parade. Hey, before we even roll, before we even start this thing today, can we yeah. just can we just say something for the record out there? Yeah, for the listeners and for ourselves. And when I say for ourselves, I I more predominantly mean me. Right. Um, so you want to talk to yourself real quick? I, I want to talk to myself just for a second. You know how much I like to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're basically one of my only friends anyways. So you listening to me talk to myself is a you very valuable. You mistake it for yourself? Yes, yes. Um, I just want to say that we started this podcast before shit hit the fan. We did. There's a lot of podcasts being started right now. A lot of, lot of, lot of you know, couch startups and and living room discussions happening right now. And there's a lot of hate going around the internet. Like, please don't start another podcast. Da, da, da. And <laughs> I have seen that. I, I, yes. And I also saw something that said, like, if you're in your early 30s and a white male, you are susceptible to podcast fever. Please don't start another one. You and I are both white males in our early 30s. So, I mean, this I, podcast dates back to 2015 officially. So That is true. But just for the record, dude, just for, for for it to be shown to the court, we started this before we knew that this is going to be the only outlet of enjoyment that we had for the Absolutely. next foreseeable couple of months. I mean, and a lot of it was about, you know, me and you actually hanging out person to person. It was a great excuse to do that a lot more. And that was stripped away from us. So it was us starting our friendship because how many right. times before we started this did we say, like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Yeah, or we were like, oh shit, we're supposed to have that friendship. Yeah, yeah, and it, we kept going back and forth, and then a couple months would pass, and then I'd hit you up and say, hey, dude, what are you doing this weekend? And of course, like LA friends, we wouldn't see each other, and then we'd see each other at a show and be like, dude, when are we going to start this friendship? So right. this this is still I'd see you, in like, the vein. I'd be drunk as shit at Echo Park Rise and be like, you and me, we're going swimming. Dude, we're going you swimming. and I are supposed to be friends. <laughs> yeah, we're you going and swimming like, at the Glass Hill Pool. And you're we're like, perfect for each other, bro. We're perfect for each other. Yeah, my wife's like pulling on my arm, like, let's go home. <laughs> you don't need any more friends. Let's go home, Cam. <laughs> oh. um, okay, I just wanted to say that on that note, now we should roll the intro music. All right. So yeah, we got a good episode, but despite all this craziness in the world, do we have a good episode? I think we do. I think we really do. We, the songs are both incredible. This is probably the best tunes we brought in. I think that is true. And I'm keeping with the local flair. I know bringing we got in. We got another a monstrous local, local one, dude. This is my third local guest in a row. You are you're, slacking. You're keeping man. that alive. I'm kind of letting you do that. I'm focusing on global stuff. You know. Okay, call me Local Larry. I don't give a shit, Cam. It's not a great name. Local Al. That's not good either. <laughs> local Dude, Al. Dude, you can't well, you can't spell local without Al. I'm Local, baby. Yeah, lo- Local. <laughs> What's up, dog? But, this is Local. Come on, come on with you with another see, jam. See, this is the podcast you don't want us here. Nobody wants to hear yeah, this, this Local is- <laughs> podcast. That was definitely started after the Steve virus. Uh, that's true uh, what is this episode five this is yeah, the fifth one and um just in case you listeners don't like the Podbean platform we are now on itunes and spotify 
So, hey, congratulations. So that was fun to get on there. It took a little while. Oh, but dude, I can only imagine the bureaucratic red tape that you had to go through to get us on iTunes and Spotify. Do you want to explain that for a second? Well, iTunes kind of shut down a bit, um, or it seemed like it, it took them two weeks to get us through. You know why? Why is that? Because so many white males in their early 30s are starting <laughs> podcasts right now. That is probably why. Unfortunately, uh, again, we were there for we were we were in the mix first. You know, we were just waiting for the, the application to go through. But Spotify was way quicker. Uh, but yeah, we are up now. So if you listen there, you can add us, subscribe, whatever it is you do. I don't know. I feel yeah. Go I, go I, follow the podcast on I, Spotify. I feel, or I feel too old to say that. Like you know, click that subscribe. <laughs> right right i mean our uh, our self-worth has already been so diminished through the process of all this right let's not try to take the stereotypical baits of like make sure to follow up with us every couple weeks even though i'm sure there are maybe five to ten people listening to this every week didn't your bandmate ben haywood hey ben didn't he say that we should switch to every week because it's the only thing keeping him sane right yeah he's like you don't have any excuse to not do it way more and <laughs> i hear that. that's not true I hear that, but at the same time, I feel like we do do some research into these, especially on our lists. It takes a long time for me to figure out these lists, and I want to be proud of it. I can't do it every week. It takes me a while to figure out the list, too. And even then, I'm doing the list up until 30 seconds before we do this thing. And I'm second-guessing everything about it. It's still in right now. Dude, I'm obviously second guessing. I mean, even listening to the last episode, episode four, where we were doing the uh, the pandemic records or the like, you know, the last ten records that you could grab before you're ushered to a bunker for the rest of eternity. There are so many records that I left out. When I listened back, I thought to myself, why didn't I pick that record? Yeah, I put um, both of our uh, quarantine albums on Spotify. Our top ten, uh, great playlist for many different moods. Although I do regret listening to yours that I did not put Kid A on there. Uh, <laughs> it should have been. It should have been in mine. And I, the idea that I'd be quarantined in this bunker for years, and you're in another bunker, and you have Kid A, and I don't. It's just eating me alive. How much does that piss you off? And also, it's because that, that one's mine. You, you were supposed to take Amnesiac or something, but or whatever you, the kids are into. But uh, maybe you're in, in Rainbow's guy. Maybe you slow dance to All I Need at your seventh grade dance or whatever. Uh, who who has slow danced to All I Need? Have you? I, I see it in my mind. I feel like In Rainbow's is kind of the the uh, the Gen Z poser Radiohead album. It's a great album. But I think that's that's the record that a lot of y- the younger generation obviously got into Radiohead, such as I got into Radiohead at Kid A. Right. I got into OK Computer, but not till way later after it came out. But I, my Radiohead order was all over the place. I went OK Computer, Pablo, <laughs> Hail to Weird. the Thief, Kid yeah, A, thief. Amnesiac. Thief was, was necessary at that time, though, because it was their last record on Capitol, and it was like... It was one of their more accessible ones, mm-hmm. obviously, like after Kid A, post-Kid A world, where they kind of returned to form, quote-unquote. I, I really hate that saying, that phrase. Interestingly but. enough, I feel like Hail to the Thief is worth a re-listen right now in these crazy times, because there is an apocalyptic feel to the whole Well, album. it's a very political record. It, it, was, is. it was It, it was anti-Bush establishment yeah. when they put that out. It was Simpler actually times, one of, my friend. Simpler times. Simpler times. But were they simpler? I mean, I get... Okay, yeah. I guess they were simpler but more important they weren't necessarily simpler they were just very very different yes that's true um i don't even know what a radiohead album would sound like this year like i don't think we even want it i don't like i mean i'll take it 
the I don't think the world would be ready for it. You know, they're yeah. one of those groups that have always been about three to five years ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. So being able to, or having to rather ingest that now and then digest it might be a little too much. I don't think anyone would understand. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think they're even ready to start thinking about how they're going to write about this. You know, because obviously. Is, Tom York is going to write about this situation. But. Of course. I mean, I think everyone's going to write yeah, about this situation. Is. And 100%. on that note, how can anyone, like even just two to three weeks into this, what are we? We're three weeks into self-isolation. Yep. Isolation. <laughs> uh, it, it would, wow, we really should cue Joy Division right now. Um, I'll put it in there. But, <laughs> but having only just a couple of weeks... To, to get used to this newfound reality that is either going to last another month or another few months. I don't even think artistically or creatively everyone's been able to catch up to themselves. What say you about that? Yeah, I feel like I'm just getting there. Um, I mean, also, it's going to change when like a lot of, you know, obviously I got laid off when the government starts paying up. <laughs> Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit easier to swallow right now. Everybody's still scared as hell because we just had to pay April rent, obviously. Right. And things are just getting grimmer because nobody's really gotten money yet. Even unemployment from a lot of people hasn't hasn't gone through. So it's definitely still a very scary time. But, you know, I've acclimated to staying inside. Um, I've gone to the, my studio by myself. That's the only place I've gone, really, <laughs> uh, besides yeah. taking drives or taking little walks. Or grocery shopping, um, but yeah, it's it's super weird at Bedrock right now. The studio in Echo Park that has most a lot of bands practicing. It's I'm surprised silent. you're even going in there, dude. It seems like that would be act like like a hotbed, it's, like a hotbed rock of of a place to be. It's because empty. it's empty. of well, but also like the central air and you know everything traveling through the vents. There's a lot of dirty musicians, so on and so forth. Because we're a dirty type. Now I'm not going to go. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's at at this point. I think everything has has reached such like an apexal moment to where you you start becoming more aware of the details totally. in everyday life, such as oh, I shouldn't go to the rehearsal spot because it has central air, and because most of my kin, such as musicians or of the retired sort, um, are dirty. Or you know, uh, stereotypically unhygienic. Uh, but I mean, from being there a couple times, I will say everybody's been super respectful. Everyone I do see, like usually at Bedrock, you know, everyone's outside smoking, chatting it up. You know, it's a hotbed of hanging out, and everyone I've seen has been really distant. Like there's been everybody's friendly. Uh, Albert's still there. He he does all the custodian work, and he's just killing it, keeping everything clean. Like everybody's trying, you know. Trying to I really like the whole distant and happy thing that you just described. Uh, yeah. That's how I. That's how I kind of want to live the rest of my life. I mean, me and my wife have been doing this Monday night uh, Instagram live DJ sets, and it's I been, know I've popped in, dude. It's been really hot. You've been spinning the jams, but it's great because it's just like that's how I've been hanging out with my friends, and I've actually seen a lot of or talked to a lot of friends that I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, you 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 start to go through all of the missed communications in your life. Um, I think I've heard from every ex-girlfriend I've ever had, <laughs> even the even the ones that hate me. Uh, right. They're hitting they're hitting me up out of the blue. Their numbers aren't even saved anymore because it's been that long, and I'm getting like, "Hey, you up?" texts, right? Which is so weird, um, <laughs> but also quite welcome because then I get to tell them how great I'm doing, right? And you know, tell them that I'm hosting 
an incredible podcast with mm. a really handsome, sultry voice, post-punk king of Los Angeles. Oh. On that note, let me go ahead and say I do believe your voice is getting sultrier. Sultrier. If that's not a word, it is now. I like it. I might change my name to that. <laughs> also, quickly, I just wanted to throw something out there. You said grimmer. Uh, about a minute and a half ago, uh-huh. as in these times are grimmer. Right. Is um, that not a word? No, I, I think it is more grim. Right. Uh, but the CDC did issue um, a, a suggestion uh, 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 tuning in <laughs> to the American sexual psyche and requesting that people stop giving rim jobs oh, to really? one another. Oh, rim yeah, jobs dude. are out. Um, rim jobs are out because apparently this thing can be transmitted by... Uh, human fecal matter as oh, well. Now that makes sense. So as opposed to a rim job, we're going to call it a grim job, baby. Oh. Yeah, you can contract the Steve virus through those grim jobs. Through the grim job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Uh, we create our own little language. Uh, I'm really excited about our list today. Um, because Since it is, it's side A, it's your list. Everything yes. about this episode is you, dude. So and everyone, I- welcome to the GOAT Parade Episode 5, Side A, Cameron's Side. Tell us about the list, baby. The list is Top 10 Movie Soundtracks. Which I was a little confused about when you first brought to the table. Yeah, I had to make sure. I made sure it's not scores, not scores, not anything, not 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 original music composed by or anything like that. Movie soundtracks, you know, that have hits. There's something that makes that hard, but I'm going to save that until we get to the list. Right. And also... I know it's side A, side B is usually reserved for you, but next Go Parade, the sixth episode, unfortunately, we're going to have to delay your stuff. I, I quit, dude. I fucking quit. Congratulations. <laughs> have fun hosting the pod on your own, dude. Hey, I'm I told you here. about this. I'm so sorry about it, but we are doing, you and me are hosting the Goat Parade Podfest Good Times During Bad Times Quarantine Extravaganza. Extravaganza! And I'm very excited about it, and we have a lot of great artists already on board, Going to get a ton of original material from people that are staying hold up, just like you and I, who are still making new tunes. Maybe it's old tunes. Maybe it's remixes, covers. I don't know. They're going to send me whatever they want. I love this idea because, and this is a good time to talk about this too, because everyone, the headroom on social media and the internet right now, the ceiling of the noise, it, I think we discussed this a little bit last episode too, is is rising to such an unsustainable level because everyone is putting on an internet fest or right. a live from the living room. Oh yeah, it's just um, everyone's starting their live videos left and right. I mean, everyone's starting their podcasts and the live videos, which I think is awesome. There's obviously way too much content content to take in right now especially but a since lot of this time to one... sit around and check it out yeah but also like the divinity of us as human beings having this time for ourselves should not be looked over that's true you're right and about that. it's really difficult and and uh, you know obviously i'm guilty of this too i've been trying to stay off the internet as much as possible because i have so much work to do not only on myself but on on my own you know creative approach to things right um but the yeah the static is getting crazy because everyone's you know they they all want to be connected but i do like can you give me the the goat parade extravaganza name one oh, more time? Are you talking please? about the goat parade pod fest good times during bad times quarantine extravaganza? Extravaganza, aka the GPPFGTDBTQE, as the kids like to call it. Wow, that sounds like an expletive that I would shout right before climax. Um, 
G P P F G T D B T Q E. Uh, yeah, very excited. What I like about this idea and what I'm really looking forward to, even though you're stripping me of my side B, um, is the fact that it's only audio. It's only one song from each artist or demo or right. remix. You don't have or to look at these artists. It's you don't have good. to look. You can just tune in when you want to. It does. You, there, there doesn't have to be that like weird fourth wall of you pre-recording yourself or watching yourself live right. as you're trying to connect with an audience. Like it's just uh, going to be both of our sultry voices introducing all these great local acts, and then you listening to it, and then you listen to us talk about how much we like talk it. about how much we love that. Yeah. exactly. And we'll give them. We'll probably hit you with their Venmo or whatever they want if they have Cash App. If you want to donate to any artist, because why not? Yeah, donating is very important right now. But we're so, not we're not forcing anybody, but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna give the option. It's good stuff. It's good tunes. The option there is great, and I will say that people are obviously feeling more philanthropic than they ever have. Of course, yeah. Um, Which is I, great. I was part uh, I was part of an internet fest. Speaking of, yes, I'd last, like to hear about that. I haven't last heard. weekend what doomed was fest. Doomed fest. It was called doomed fest. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty accurately titled. Yeah. Um, and I was reached out to by the promoters um, who just wanted a few songs pre-recorded to obviously put this thing up into a live live stream and stream it on YouTube and their own platform and Facebook and so on and so forth. And um, it was a good lineup. I thought it was it was a great lineup and yeah. I was really, really excited to do it. But it was <laughs> and I, you know, <clears throat> maybe this is me being too honest right now. Maybe I, I should have a little bit more uh, faux bravado here, but it was really difficult for me to do. Really? Elaborate. Mm, yeah. Uh, it was difficult for me to do... Okay, so do you remember the days of uh, actual like answering machines? Oh, of course, yeah. We're do you remember old. when you were living at home and you maybe called home and you left a message checking in with your folks? They didn't check it before you got home and then you walked in the door and you played the messages and you heard your voice and oh. you f you felt really uncomfortable about yourself for like two days after Especially that? Especially when I first started getting stoned in high school because you'd, you'd have to check in with your folks and I'm like, okay, I'm high. I can do this. And then you come back home and try to delete that message before they even hear it because you just sound so, so fucking high. stoned. <laughs> <laughs> so that level of awkwardness of hearing yourself like having to experience yourself in that type of medium has always been, you know, some people really like the way that they sound. Yeah. Uh, some people really get off on themselves. I am not one of those people. Yeah, um, I'm coming around. I've gotten, I've gotten, I've acclimated to it. I'm trying to train myself to be a little bit more confident in, in a very like, I, I guess in more of a, uh, a self-building kind of way. Because there's no point in hating yourself for who you are. You are just, you are that person. Right. Like, why, why hate how I sing or how I sound or... You just got to you know, know your my, strengths, you know? You got to know your strengths and play to them. Absolutely. But I found in the process of pre-recording these three songs... Now, granted, it only took me a couple of days and a few hours to do. And I only did a couple of passes of each tune. But every time I got to the end of a song, before even listening back to it, I thought, that sucked. I'm doing it again. Uh, because I knew, I just knew that when I watched it, I was going to, I, I was just going to feel so shuddered by myself. So it was, it went down live. No, it was pre-recorded. Okay. Live would have been better, and I know that a lot of people are doing live streaming right now. Yeah, 
which is great because you don't have any time to think about it. Totally. And, and I think that adds a more human element yeah. to the process as well. It's like, okay, I missed that G sharp, whatever. I watched, no big uh, deal. I watched James Blake's live stream he did uh, two weeks, a week and a half, I don't know, seven months ago. I don't fucking know. Yeah, time had, time is certainly not linear it was, at this point. It was a beautiful because it was live. And you know when he was like figuring out what he'd want to play, he's just like twinkling along on his piano. And it's just like the most gorgeous thing ever. Just and he's like, see, that's the thing. When you're doing something live like that, you get to provide humanization by reacting to how bad you fuck up. Yeah, and he could he could like look at comments and laugh, and then like jump into a song, and it was just it was wonderful. I gotta say, and and people people love you more for that. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you do humanize yourself and bring, if you're not so stressed about sounding perfect, and you're more stressed about being present. I think that's what adds to the beauty of these live streams. And with this pre-recorded thing, although I loved being a part of Doomed Fest uh, last weekend, it was hard for me because also like even though I've been demoing and playing, my voice does not feel exercised right, at all. Right, totally. Yeah, I haven't. Um, which has obviously been compounded by smoking more weed than I ever have in my entire <laughs> life. I Yeah, I just finished, uh, finished off a joint right now. I mean, I'm just... Gotta stay high. <laughs> <laughs> I hope my probation officer isn't listening to this right now. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, when I get high, uh, I like to uh, go to Twitter and find the funny parts of the world going on. So I'm not, you know, it's hard to sift through the news because it's um, exhausting. But how, how are you dealing with the news right now? Are, I'm I'd, finding I'd, funny tweets and I'm, I'm living by Like, here's, here's one from a Twitter at uh, Gossip Babies. He says, does anyone else get Corona for one hour each day? <laughs> yes. I love that because it's just like little things that we're all going through that like just we can laugh at and be like, okay, let's all just calm down. But what about this one from at drank turpentine been lying in bed so long. My grandson is going to take over a chocolate factory. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, all right. I'm done. That with is awesome. That's See, Twitter, Twitter, such a weird thing because I mean, I cowgirls has a Twitter. I never use it because I don't really understand the platform. I don't Speaking tweet. Of, I, having, I, I read Twitter, but I don't tweet myself from the facial account because, uh, T tweeting's hard is like, it a hard thing i i have a hard like, time with it because it's like you know instagram you get a lot of likes if you have a really amazing photo and twitter right. it's all about this amazing sentence or you can't be too long-winded you know it's it's kind of poetry that's probably why you're you could you could probably do it a, a lot better than i could i've wanted to tweet i think you through should all of this I, I i it's just the thing is is like when i have an idea or a, a, a sentence pops into my head or like this like novel kind of funny thing um i, I just want to keep it for myself like it, and i right. and by the time that i feel ready to tweet it i know that idea has already been tweeted because you and i are not the only geniuses on this planet um <laughs> such as that like does a get couple, you in trouble if you get really popular as like a twitter people are like oh, i can only imagine twitter's a, um, a nasty place too people are cruel that's why I don't like Twitter, and that's why I can't handle it right now. Yeah. But let's let's try a tweet. I'm going to tweet right now on the Goat Parade podcast. How about this? Okay. Cowgirls tweets. When this is all over, can we try social media distancing? Ooh, very nice. See, that's great. How's that? I mean, people, if you were a really big Twitter guy, people would be like, he stole this joke, because people are definitely saying stuff <laughs> right. like that. Uh, now... 
I definitely have one that, okay, I've wanted to tweet this for like two months now. Um, it is political. Can I just get it off my chest? I'm not going to tweet it because it seems inappropriate. And also I am not part of this marginalized faction of society. So I do feel uncomfortable tweeting it. Okay. But uh, I want to go ahead and talk about it right now so I don't have to tweet it, but I can stop thinking about it. Is that okay? Yes, do it. Okay. So uh, our president's tagline for his reelection bid is keep America great, right? Which acronyms yeah. to CAG. <laughs> so I've been wanting to tweet, which again, I feel uncomfortable with um, because the the FAG word is not a word that I can use, but I want to tweet here. Okay. Cowgirls tweets. Can we go ahead and start calling his voter base Cagets and see how they like it? Wow. That's edgy. I love it. It is edgy, right? Are we are we going to get shut down after I just hypothetically tweeted that onto the Go Parade? Uh, no, podcast? no, I like it. It's a it's an edgy one. I mean, I don't know. You might not want to hit Twitter with that because people will, yeah, they'll 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 tear me you. apart. It, it, but not immediately, not not for like ten years. And then when your career gets really good, they're going to find it, and it's just going to be over. But the thing is, is I'm 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 trying to destabilize the word in a in a in an effort to make it known how punctual and offensive the f word is by replacing it with a k because it acronyms so perfectly yeah. and it, so if anyone's listening hurts. to this right now it still hurts yeah. okay if anyone's listening to this right now obviously i didn't mean anything by it but if you do come across a trumper call him a fucking caggot and see what happens <laughs> it like hurt i, I mean it, it's not even a word but when you said it i just cringed i know it's hard i was like and jesus al I know, but that's what I want to do with his voter base. No, I love to that. make them feel a little bit of what it's like to hear the the like the the the, the affectations of that word. Like the the it's just it's too it's hard to listen to and it's hard to say. Enough politics. Let's, uh, let's... Okay, enough politics. Sorry. Thanks for that. Thanks for that Twitter session. That was good. Yeah, let's do um, some tunes. Let's do some tunes. Uh, okay, cool. Well, it is your side. Oh, so man. do you want to go first? Yes, I do. <laughs> what are we listening to? Um, I am very excited about this. Song. This, this is one of my favorite songs I've heard this year. Maybe my favorite. Honestly, dude, this is one of my favorite songs I've heard this year too. Uh, it's, um, by Perfume Genius. Um, it's the project of Mike Hadreas, uh, who is fantastic. He's about to release his fifth LP entitled set my heart on fire immediately and the song is called describe this song i listened to it for the first time this morning obviously as i was last minute trying to prepare for all of this and i listened to it seven times dude yeah um i've i've obviously heard perfume genius songs in the past i've known people that have worked on his records um i've seen them live yeah uh, and and i, I yeah i have I've not. never I, been I'm... as enthralled mm as I am today about yeah. this artist. I think, and it I think he just keeps getting better. Uh, like with every release, it's just been more and more like immediately head turning. I think you're absolutely right about that. But also it seems to me that he is starting to blend his, um, his kind of obscure art house tendencies mm -hmm. into something that isn't more digestible. It's just, it, it seems more compact 
in a way that isn't so lofty. Like it, it, it took down the ceiling on it a little bit and still was able to pack in everything that he's good at, such yeah. as, you know, abstraction. Yeah. And um, it's got way more of a shoegaze feel than he, I mean, he, he, he does that, but this one has this, like the guitars in this song, just incredible. Oh, so incredible. And uh, the vocal melody is immediately like what I noticed the first time I heard it, uh, me and my wife were take. I, I loaded up a bunch of. I have a playlist on my Spotify called Quarantine Blues, and it's every album or tracks that have come out since this started, just so I can keep up on music. And we were rolling around, just driving around Altadena, not getting out of our cars, just retaining a little sanity by taking a drive, um, just listening. And this song came on, and we, me, me and my wife both were just speechless immediately. How the vocal melody was so immediately lovable, like. And that, that, like the contrast of the lovable, kind of earwormy, beautiful vocal melody um, on top of something that is slightly reminiscent of something like Tom Waits going out west. Kind of, yeah. Like a really dirty... It's kind of a country song. It is kind of a country song, and it almost sounds like BDSME. You know what I mean? Like like I'm about to walk into a fucking sex club and get hogtied. And thrown around like the little vanilla wafer I am. Hell yeah. That is. So let's feel that right now. Yeah. I kind of want to envision mean, myself getting hogtied I, I again because that was the best part of my morning. I can't say anything that's going to be better than what you just said. <laughs> and this is Perfume Genius. What's the song called, Cam? Describe. Let's party.
Describe by Perfume Genius. Honestly, dude, that is, out of all the songs that we've gone over here over the first four episodes, this being the fifth, that is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, it's something special. Yeah, there's, there's it, something in there. It is there. something special. Thank you for bringing it to the table. Also, uh, it, the, the, the tune is special for a couple of reasons. Uh-huh. Not only because the hook is so incredible, right. you, you feel like you've been stripped of your senses in the song as he's singing, can you describe them for me? It's hypnotizing, for sure. And that, that, hip- that lyric, it was funny because I've I, I been thinking about that lyric and after, before we went into it, when you mentioned the being hogtied in the sex club, all of a sudden, as I was hearing that lyric, it almost sounds like a little bit like, like a little bit sexual or, or like a little bit deviant, maybe like a like a phone sex thing, you know. Well, speaking of phone sex, now <laughs> that we're trying this new audio way of recording this podcast at great distances, um, last last episode didn't work out too well because we tried to do a mic on a speaker with FaceTime video. We're learning. Now, we're learning. Now we're just doing FaceTime audio, so this feels more lip service than anything we've like, ever done. I feel like, can you describe something for me over there, what you got going on? <laughs> well, it's about three inches, Okay, and uh, I'm not going to get into the rest of that description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the line feels a little bit sexual, and I, I kind of dig that. And also, me too. I, I want to bring out another lyric I really like in that song. It's, his love, it felt like ribbons, an echo in the canyon. I think Echo that's in a, the can yeah no that's an that's incredible a beautiful line. couple of lines there and you hear Echo in the Canyon s- used so much as a metaphor or you know this this um, this phrase to describe you know um, people maybe like uh, in a in an echo chamber or a boiler room or like it it's been used to describe things repeating of yesteryear like an echo right. in the canyon and used in this context it feels kind of completely new right which is beautiful i love that tune man and it does feel very sexual and you know my propensity for getting sexual on these podcasts i feel like oh, yeah. out of the out of the four episodes that have been banked i have given you or tried to give you some of that classic lip service out see now who's stuff. look at that that's the sultry king mm, can you describe them for me <laughs> See exactly. That's 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 that line, and it's it's sexy. It is very sexy, and I feel sexy. And what's more important than feeling sexy right now, right. as we are to. isolating? Thank yeah, you, have Perfume Genius, for continuing to make everyone feel sexy all the time. <laughs> uh, I'm very excited about the, the album, though. Set my heart on fire immediately, which is a great title for an album. It is a great title, especially the immediately at the end. That really makes it. But his last album, No Shape, uh, I think it was 2017, was one of my favorites of that year. And so I'm I'm really excited about this one. It's going to be great. I mean, if that tune is any inclination... Yeah. And he has one more out called On the Floor that's also great. I listened to that too. And that kind of feels... Like that had a little bit of like a funk soul thing to it. Yeah. It was a little bit more upbeat. Um, It's a lot of fun too. I I can't wait for the album. There was a lot of weird, like, ha- like kind of staccato Hammond parts and like weird wah wah guitar. I yeah. feel like, yeah, it's it's a it's a different vibe for sure. It's a very different vibe, and him being exploratory as an artist is maybe one. Like, I'm I'm still again very kind of new to this 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 perfume genius train, especially being on the train after listening to those two songs this morning. But 
I, I can't wait to after listening to this and like becoming a fan of his to go back and listen to each other record with a brand new ear. Yeah, because I feel like before I was way too inclined to be like, ah, I don't really like this. This isn't really my thing because I heard maybe one or two songs that weren't my vibe. Now yeah. I want to go back and revisit it. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of transformation in his style. I mean. He's five albums in a decade. That's that's a heck of a career. That's a really that's a decent output, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Ty Seagal, you know, who's releasing a record every three days. I don't three listen days. To, to him just because I I don't think I could keep up. Like I would hate to be like really in love with him as a musician. Me too. I'd be like, that's oh way my God. too much. That's way too much to even take in. Dude. Like we were on quarantine for like twenty seconds, and he's like, "Here's Nilsson Smilson, all covered right. by me." Here's and you're like, here's Geez. ten new records. <laughs> I, Calm I think, down. Like, and on that note, I know we're kind of jumping around a lot today because we haven't talked too much over the past couple of weeks, but mm-hmm. when someone calls an artist prolific because mm-hmm. they're just putting out a bunch of material, I don't feel like like the horse fits the wagon on that one. Yeah. No, like, I, I, I feel like just because you're releasing a bunch of records, sure, it makes you prolific with your output, but that doesn't necessarily make you prolific with your quality as opposed to quantity. Yeah, I mean... so. If it really is a prolific amount of output, no matter how fast it was put out or in what form it would be. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, I mean, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, if there was any bad songs on that, it wouldn't be Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. But it is because it's the opposite of writer's block. It's 28 fantastic songs all written like two years after Siamese Dream. Which is insane to think about. It really is. It really I is. I love how we've been going back to pumpkins a lot, too. I, I've been feeling some pumpkins on this on this quarantine. I have, too. We and talked about it last time. I thought maybe we'd be too angry, but there's some beautiful songs. There are some really beautiful songs. And, and, and truthfully, Billy Corgan's like angry toddler thing is really good for right now. Yeah, I didn't think um, it would be, but yeah, I want to do some silver fuck. At least you don't have to bleep that out this yeah. episode. Thank God, because that was we did talk about that song on that episode. We did absolutely, and I'm glad we're coming back to it. Yeah, but that was a great perfume genius tune, dude. Yes. Thank you for bringing that in. What was the name of that song? One more time, Des- so people can go back and listen to describe. it. Describe, like as in, can you describe them for me? Can you describe them for me? <laughs> you do a good. Why do, why do I feel winded? <laughs> I sound winded every time I try to be sexy. <laughs> yeah, the heavy breathing. Ooh. Uh, before we go to your track, while you're heavy breathing, did, can we talk? About, you can't keep doing that, man. <laughs> uh, can we talk about? Did you listen to the new Bob Dylan song, "Murder Most Foul"? No, I haven't. I actually didn't even know there was a new Bob Dylan song. Okay, out. so this is going to make you so happy. I'm so glad you don't know anything about. Please this. don't tell me it's bad. No, it's fantastic. No, I, it's not. I would have brought it in, but it is 18 minutes long. <laughs> that does make me happy. I'm that not actually even makes me and that that makes me the only living boy in Southern California. <laughs> you saying that? I cannot wait. I want to end this now. The uh, only so I can it's go listen all to it. about the John F. Kennedy, the JFK assassination. No way the whole damn thing it's fucking awesome and it's exactly what we need right now Uh, and every every lyric is either about the kennedy assassination or like things that happened in the 60s 60s movies like all pop culture in the 60s everything is like his remembrance of living through that time and it is amazing so it's basically like a hurricane uh track one side one off of bob dylan's desire about um 
about the boxer, it, you know, at a recounting of of the sociological times during something very large, which is going to be cool about Murder Most File. Being such a Dylan fan, I didn't know that there was a new Dylan tune-out because I've been trying to uh, disassociate myself from all the news, even the good news. How did yeah. you come? How did you come across? Well, about, uh, like I said, about a week ago, I started compiling just all new music that's come out because I'm like, I need to be listening to music right now because it helps. And yeah, like you don't usually check Pitchfork and be like, oh, best new track, Bob Dylan, of course. You're like, wait, what, Bob Dylan? <laughs> I, I like because they their new best new tracks is usually typically not older artists, you know. No, definitely. So not. I was like, that seems different and 18 minutes long all right let's do this and i waited too i heard about it and i waited like a week until like like i said i was just going to take a drive get out of my house for one hour um and i was taking a drive and i'm like this is perfect i can listen to that bob dylan song and i listened to the whole thing it was fantastic i haven't listened to it since it seems it's like a it's like one of those songs you need for like a long period you need to be able it's to an do. undertaking yeah there's a lot of lyrics it's really just one melody and like reprise like back and forth the whole time but it's gorgeous a lot of i don't know i, I would have brought it in but again it would took up most of our time about talking but listen to it bob dylan's murder most foul it's fantastic i can't wait the what's also surprising about that is bob dylan hasn't released a good song in about 15 years <laughs> yeah i know that's the uh, that's the subtext yeah <laughs> he really hasn't no like, i mean he sounds he past- still does sound much older on the song you know he doesn't he doesn't have that classic <laughs> No. Well, dude, Bob Dylan has sounded like a Tom Waits impersonator for the past 15 right, years, so. which is why he hasn't put out a good song. Yeah. Because it's just a bunch of this, <laughs> a bunch of this, this, hey, hey, hey. which is even hard to talk the, that way, let alone sing that way. But that's right. how he sounds. Um, and even in the past 15 years of bad music, he even put out a Christmas record, dude. <laughs> oh, I did. Have you, have you listened not. to Bob? Okay. What's it called? Do you know? Christmas in the Heart by Bob Dylan. It's the worst thing you've ever heard in your entire life. (laughs) Maybe. His rendition of Little Drummer Boy. (laughs) Wow, he does all I'm looking at right now. He does all he does Here Comes Santa Claus. Do you hear what I hear? Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa. It's really bad. Oh come all you faithful. I'm sure he crushes that. Oh, that's that is a standout performance on that record oh man i I was hoping i wanted to look at the track list because i was hoping maybe since it came out in 2009 maybe he did a modern classic like all i want for christmas is you would love to hear bob dylan sing mariah nope just the classics just the classics (laughs) just the straight classics um well that's fun dude thank you for that tip that's that's two really great wrecks that you've given me today let alone such as that genius tune and this bob dylan tune that i'm going to listen to immediately after we finish immediately immediately Uh, so uh what what you got what you bringing in well okay so i'm really excited to keep the local thing going i'm very excited that you did this too yeah me too and this this tune that we're about to hear uh is from a good friend of ours um, is. who is one of like one of the most important members of i i think our local scene absolutely uh, not only is he a, a consummate mus- musician but he's he's the best mixer in town as far as i'm concerned yeah um and, and has the I, best studio tr- truly and before all this happened i was lucky enough i've i've known jules 
for a while, and I was lucky enough to have him mix the new Cowgirls record. Oh, that that's is great. C- coming out whenever all of this is done, hopefully. He um, actually just mixed something for me as well. But. See, isn't that great? Dude, he's mixed how many of our friends' projects? And most. started I mean, yeah, most of our friends' projects. And he's and one of the best drummers around. His own. Oh, dude, he's great. So yeah. this is from one of his new projects. I believe the pronunciation is Kari. Kari, yeah. Uh, C-A-R-R-E with an accent over mm-hmm. the E if you're trying to find this online at some point. Um, it's this, and the, this, this really puts me back, this tune and this genre puts me back to a time in my life where things were so much better. Absolutely. That so, is mostly what I was going to highlight as well. And how long has it been since you've heard... Disco punk? <laughs> disco punk, electro clash... Uh, it's um, it's uh, like I want this back. Like this is just a. I do too, and like, I'm hoping even the bad that, stuff from that era. I loved. Like I loved. Does it offend you? Yeah, I love this tune. Sounds like it. Does it offend you? Yeah, track. And I love that, that one. That, good yeah, that that record is so underrated. Everybody that record's incredible. Thought it was like a rip off of Justice or something, but it wasn't. It was sick as fuck. And this reminds me of that. It rem- reminds me of like a Montreal band from that time called We Are Wolves that I like. I remember We Are Wolves. Like just a lot of like that. Even Ratatat. You know, Ratatat. Definitely has Ratatat vibes. It also kind of gives me a little bit of faint. Oh, it sounds like yeah. the faint or Rapture, you know? or Rapture. Yeah, dude, but it's all a little bit bands. more. It's a little bit more almost instrumentally charged. So, like that's why I bring up Ratatat even. But it's sick. And talk about simpler times. Oh, uh, man. Not only mid two thousands. Oh, dude, disco such punk. a beautiful time for everything. Everyone oh, was dancing yeah. and making dirty pseudo goth like vampire club material yeah the klaxons and all this just like fun disco punk type of stuff test icicles my favorite band of all time <laughs> that's it, it 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 all fits into this category of this curry song that we're about to play and this song is called this is not a band love it which also kind of goes into the like are we a project or are we just one computer synth banging out a bunch of incredible music without any type of human touch at all? And the song kind of resembles that. And before, a, before we jump into it, it, let's talk lineup in this band because are, are, is, is this a two drummer band? I think it is a two drummer band. Two I drummer think it's a, and an instrumentalist. Two drummer, instrumentalist, and I'm sure the drummers are triggering other things. Absolutely, as well. yeah. That's what um, it looks like from the video. It, which you should also check out. You should definitely check out the fantastic. video. This this song came out. I want to say not even uh, two weeks ago, right? Yeah, it's it's their it's their new the the new pro- the announcement of the project. I believe they have an EP coming in May, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. And even though Jules is is our very good friend. Um, because he's French, I believe the whole lineup is French. It's, it's the French kids, yeah. It's the French kids, and the French do this genre better than anyone else who's ever attempted it. French are best at electro. That's that's, they just, that's are, an easy they, fact, hands down. That like they've just always unmatched. been unmatched. Oh, yes, absolutely. always been the best. And I mean, you're talking gonna, Daft Punk. You're talking Justice. All of that banger. Everything that was ele- all the formation of electro. Yeah, air, even like air, air. Yeah, Phoenix made me? rock electro. <laughs> if Phoenix made rock disco, like yeah. Phoenix took the disco of electro clash in the French circuit and like put it into a very sensible indie, um, like approachably they just put samples all over the type drums. of thing. They just put yeah. samples over the jumps and quantize the <laughs> fuck out of everything. 
Well, even though Jules is our good friend, because he's French, um, I, 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 I'm so scared to pronounce his last name. So I didn't want I, to pronounce any of their names. So I'm going to leave it up to you, even the band name. Okay, so I pulled up his last name. I knew I'd butcher it. On a French pronunciation Google search. So I'm going to play this into the microphone right now. Here it comes. Ready? All right, let's do it. All right, here we go. Gasperis. Did you hear that? Gasperis. Gasperis. So this, uh, uh, from the genius mind of Jules... De Gasperis. De Gasperis. De Gasperis. Yes. Um, Man, I hope we didn't I, just butcher his name. He's, next time I, we get something mixed from him, his, the prices are going up. Oh, yeah. No, he's... he's uh, don't, don't be mean to your mechanics or your waiters, and uh, we just maybe insulted the best mixer in Los Angeles. So not only is the price going up, uh, but the quality of the mixes are going down. Um, uh, no. I don't know the other two gentlemen in the group. Do uh, you? I know one of them is Kaveen, who plays uh, bass in Low Hum. Okay, and cool. And the other one, I don't know his name, but I believe he's the drummer of James Supercave. Oh, gotcha. And he's also so, French. Yes, it's a French supergroup. <sighs> within our local Los Angeles scene. It's pretty I, amazing. I, I, I sometimes wish I was French. I definitely only, do, especially right now. Like when we're going to listen to this song, I'm going to be like, damn it. I wish I was French. I wish I was French. I mean, there's a few different things. Like music makes me wish I was French. Uh, sexuality makes definitely. me wish I was French. Philosophy makes me wish I was French. Yeah. The, the um, arts. The arts. The arts all, and all together. Yeah, dining makes me wish I was French. Hmm. Um, every time I light up a cigarette, I wish I was French. 20 times a day, I wish I was French by by token up. 20 um, times a day, I wish I was French. <laughs> a biography a of... <laughs> yes, that is my new memoir People who are listening are like, can we listen to this French band you guys yeah, talking okay, about? Yeah, okay, all right, all right. We've, we've hyped up the French enough. We might as well get dual citizenship <laughs> after all of the compliments that we just hurled to that country. When uh, this um, is all over, I really want to see this band live. Me too. And I know they played one show right they before did. shit hit the fan, and I didn't go to it because I was tired, and it makes me feel really, really stupid at this point, especially yeah. after hearing this single, this first single that they put out. So without further ado, uh, we're going to listen to a group named Kari, C-A-R-R, accent over the E, and this tune is called This Is Not A Band.
Kare, Kari. <laughs> Kare, you really like making names exotic, don't you? I guess I I I, I knew I was going to mess it up. Kari. Kari, is it uh you, you know you're not exactly from an exotic land. You're from I'm not. Or very you're, very basic. The, yeah, the, the 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 opposition of exotic. What makes you want to pronounce things as such? I have no idea. I just I'm just bad at it and I choke up under pressure. <laughs> and there's a lot of pressure on this podcast, certainly. There is. Uh, do you feel the need to overpronounce things because you feel like you're going to butcher it? No, I don't want to come across with a bad accent or anything. I, I'm just terrified of the whole approach. The whole approach is scary. Do you remember when I met you and I called you Cameroon? No. Yeah, I was so scared to pronounce your name because I'm from Tennessee and we mispronounce everything that I called there's you Cam. Cam- there's not Camerons in Tennessee. No, I, the, 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 I just, every time I see, I mean, even when I see a word such as hot dog, I want to pronounce it hot dog. Right. Just because in case. I, just in case it's, 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 it's exotic or foreign. Um, but that, the, the band name Kari does have an accent over the E. So yes. I'm imagining that's how you pronounce it. Although the French are a very mysterious and elusive folk. True. But that song, this is not a band. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And, like definitely part of I, I it it feels so Chemical Brothers to me definitely like yeah. like mid mid career Chemical Brothers I guess maybe not even mid maybe mid to late when they released Push the Button and Galvanize uh-huh. got huge like that this song really evokes that time in electronic music for me yeah no it's a it's a fun one uh, and it's a beautiful time like again as as we've been talking about it those times were so good. Right. And it just it makes me want to party, and I'm I'm happy that they didn't decide to withhold the release of this first single, just because everything's happening. Because a tune yeah. like this has actually lifted my spirits. It's done. Music's its job. getting us through. It's getting us through. Right, which is what it's supposed to do. And for them to just go ahead and trudge on through that and understand that a release is a release, no matter if they can actually perform it or not, um, it's it's probably doing them a service and hyping up the expectation for that first time that people do see them live. Oh, that's true. Very true. Well, you want to jump into a whole heap of music here with this whole <laughs> this list? Are we going to do it? Yeah, let's do it. Listomania! Yes, the list, Listomania today, episode five, is top ten movie soundtracks. And just so no one else goes through the confusion that I originally did, because I got very excited when you, since this is your side. It's a big, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's a fine line, but a huge difference. And when you sent me this list idea just a mere couple days ago, you said movie soundtracks. And I replied with, oh, hell yeah, getting some of that OST action. Right. But the OST is actually a different animal from just a movie soundtrack. And I'm going to give you the mic to explain why. Well, yeah, that's more of the score, um, which it's not scores. This is movie soundtracks, movie, movies that have a compilation of tunes from a variety of artists that provide music for different pivotal scenes in the movie, you know, uh, but not scores, not instrumental music written for the movie that's a whole nother animal which i would love to tackle with you again as as well at some point definitely um that's the this is the point that i'm going to argue with you during this episode because we can't let a full episode go by without me argue or at least trying to argue with you about something right i can't believe you haven't already 
it seems to be variations on a theme as we continue this. So right. I'm going to, and I'll argue when I bring up my selects that possibly don't fit. They're in between the OST and the movie soundtrack world. Right. And there, there is a gray area. There is a gray area. And some of these will be on that for sure. Such as when, uh, and this isn't part of my list, mind you, but here, let's let's talk about a gray area example between movie soundtrack and the OST. Uh, do you remember, okay, we all know Garth Brooks. Right. Do you remember Chris Gaines? Oh, yeah. The okay. alternative rock side project of, I guess, yes, yes, of course. I remember it was Chris an Gaines. alter ego of right. Garth Brooks. Mm. But he, he... I love alter egos. Yeah, so do I, so do I. Um, especially a Garth Brooks alter ego, and mind you, Garth Brooks was at the top of his career. He did I, it was not such need... an odd move. It was like it was like Michael Jordan playing baseball. Right. It made no sense. Why would you abandon massive global country fame to record an alternative rock record that was not good? No, at and all? not well received. Not well received, especially because he went under the mystique and alias of Chris Gaines. Yeah, but it was confusing. To, to get to the point, he recorded this record for a movie that got shelved. Oh, really? That's why Chris Gaines came about. Apparently. Okay, I did not even know that. So he recorded a rock record for a movie that needed a rock score. Mm-hmm. When the movie got shelved, Garth Brooks is like, well, I got this record. I really like it. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm just going to build this whole story about this dude named Chris Gaines, who's like apparently a sex addict as oh, well. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's I a never heard the album. <laughs> It's really bad. <laughs> but this is one of those gray areas to where like, yeah. an original artist does a, a compilation of their own tunes for a film that would serve as a score, but it is not instrumental music. Okay, It's, yeah. it's music that fits a, a particular genre or theme of a film. And that, that's the gray area that I'm, I'm a little confused about. But we'll right. argue more. I think my one... Example like, like of that? Uh, I say my example of that would be like Labyrinth. Like, um, I love Labyrinth and the score, but I feel like that's OST. It's all music by Trevor Jones or David Bowie written specifically for the movie, and it's not just songs that were released that got picked up for a movie. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, so it's not... I almost put Labyrinth on my list. It's not Labyrinth, the one that I'm talking about, but it is in the number one position. That's so, fine. I'm, okay. I'm, we're going to lose... The rules don't matter. We're just going to talk about some good ass soundtracks. <laughs> okay, cool. So, do you want do you since it's your side A? Do you want to go first? I like going first. I like you being the wild card second. I think it's working for us. I only have a couple of wild ones in this but, one, but but I know we had previously talked about we might get some that align. I think there's going to be two very specific ones that are going to align, and if I so, think, so, we don't need to bring them up twice. But so I might have a list of eight, right? Because two I, definitely you picked. You didn't pick any of my other ones, but you picked two. And if you hear me scream, it's because <laughs> you picked at least one of them. Okay. Okay. I'm going to jump right, in. Are you, are you going to start from 10 down? You're going to do 10 one down. To ten? I'm gonna, 10 to 1. It's countdown, right, let's baby. Let's do it, baby. Movie, soundtracks, Cameron, Demetrics, Side A, Goat Parade, fifth episode. Here we go. So, number 10. And I know this is, a, this is just a, this is my weird one to get it right out of the way because it's wild. Um, it's from 1974. The Mrs. Um, Doubtfire soundtrack. Oh, right. you said 74. Never mind. <laughs> it's a movie called Three Tough Guys, and I've never seen it. And I've never heard of it. It is... The the music is 
composed, conducted, and performed by Isaac Hayes, who also stars in the film. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Doesn't this immediately go into the gray area that we were just discussing? It might, yeah. Um, I think I just forgot about Labyrinth, so I wanted to bring it up. Did <laughs> Isaac Hayes compose originally all the songs for the soundtrack, or is it a bunch of stuff from Hayes' catalog? Uh, I think it's maybe a little bit of both. Maybe he did compose it all. I'm starting to second-guess my own rules here. <laughs> But, ah, yes, the doctor. All right, you got me. You got me. Mm, but just a spoonful of your own medicine I've never makes s- the rules go down. Mostly I just realized now that I forgot Labyrinth, so I wanted to bring it up. <laughs> but three tough guys, never seen it. Apparently the movie's about an ex-convict priest and a framed ex-policeman hunt a machine gun killer behind a bank robbery. Oh, my God, this sounds great. Why but, have you not seen this film? Because I never have needed to because I bought the soundtrack years ago because the first song on Side B is the sample from the Ghetto Boys' Mind's Playing, My Mind's Playing Tricks on Me. Oh, okay, which is a great tune. Yes. Killer my, hip-hop one tune. Of, one yeah. Of the, yeah, dude, And I've Ghetto always Boys loved fan. that sample. I thought they made it, but no, it's from this Isaac Hayes song from the soundtrack, kind of obscure, and I bought the soundtrack on vinyl. It's one of those flimsy vinyls I have I got for like four bucks, and while it spins, it never skips, but it's like it just goes up and down the whole oh, time. Oh yeah, baby! It, the modulation is yeah. great, yeah. but it's it's just so good from start to finish. It's such a fun. I've, I need to see the movie. How long have you listened to the soundtrack? For I've been listening to it for years, and I, it's I always, never compelled you to see the film. I mean, I, I do want to see the film. I've never like seen it come up on a streaming service or anything. I'm I'm not about to rent it. I, you I like, cheap ass bastard. Uh, all right, well I'll rent it. Fine. <laughs> I'll report back. See how it is. If I'm sure the it's soundtrack great. has given you so much love, spend the three ninety nine yeah. to go watch this film from seventy four. Okay, well that's a really strong way to start out. Let's get into number nine. Number nine is my most recent. Um, uh, we were talking earlier, and we were saying when is the last time the soundtrack was really important. And you were saying maybe around the Twilight movie era. Well, because bands were getting record deals off of the Twilight soundtrack. Totally, yeah. it was like smaller bands were getting placed on this this thing, uh, and because Twilight was just such a cultural phenomenon, right? Um, and and they were th- their entire careers were made by that. And, and it mo- seemed movie like movie soundtracks that was, aren't as important for that kind of thing anymore. No, like they, they were. were massive in the '90s, and they were obviously massive in some of the earlier days of film when people were learning how to marry audio and video in really impactful ways. Mm-hmm. But the '90s were huge for compilation albums, which is basically what we're discussing yeah. here or trying to discuss. But the, yeah, the last time I remember a soundtrack doing anything for anyone or that was like on the shelf at Starbucks when you were picking up your orange mocha frappuccino was the Twilight Saga. Right, because like, uh, a lot of the artists are getting picked up for limited series and television now. It's a little bit of a hotter medium, I'd say. Well, there's much more room for it, too. Yeah. You know, you have 10 hours of like a limited series with an hour episode apiece. That is, you know, five times as much as a as a director or a filmmaker or a music supervisor has to fill right. in a, in a in a traditional film. So in that sense this is the most modern version of a soundtrack that I have that is absolutely phenomenal and it is actually from 2018. What? Yeah. It is the Black Panther soundtrack. Oh, cool, man. And what a and great it's soundtrack. Sick. Give me give me some of and for the listeners too, give me some of your selects off of that record. Whew. I mean, it's all it's basically overseen by Kendrick Lamar. I mean, you could almost consider it like a Kendrick mixtape in a lot of ways. 
But which goes back into the gray area of the rules that you presented for this. The funny whole thing is, I've story. seen I've seen the movie too, and I don't remember really any of these songs really being in the movie. Like it, ha- the movie has its own epic score, and I think this was just kind of made to accompany it as like a badass album, a badass soundtrack. I love that, and yeah. a lot of films have done that in but the th- past. There's there's a great Kendrick SZA song, obviously like the theme song behind it. There's a great Vince Staples song on it. Um, there's even the the weekend song at the end is fantastic all the way through it's it's just hot 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 hits that's awesome man i love that record and the movie was great too i yeah. mean when when the movie's great and the record's great and again it goes into that other gray area where you don't hear any of the songs in the film maybe minus the role credits yeah i think that's awesome because basically what they're doing is they're 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 growing an extra appendage for this thing to live in its own universe, which is right. awesome. Um, and I, like for superhero films, I know actually, you know what, dude? The last time that the soundtrack was big for me post Twilight was the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, right? Absolutely, because it was such an integral part of the film. The mixtape was that, that was a uh, that was another one that, and and here's why that's not on my list. And I'm going to talk more about this. A lot of these soundtracks that are famous. And Guardians of the Galaxy, um, a couple others, I don't want to mention them in case they're on your list, are famous because they take a lot of classic rock songs you forgot about and compile them. And to me, that's not good enough. <laughs> oh, you're going to hate one of these. Sele- Actually, you're going to hate I, quite I, a few of them. I didn't say it because I think it was. But I mean, it works in some cases. If I, I like it a little bit more obscure. Like my number one is... No, don't tell me. No, I'm not going to say. Okay, let's move on. Okay, number okay. eight. Now this one's a little bit more of a of, of songs you know, and I c- can't believe this made my list. But I went through all these soundtracks, and I kept coming back to it, and I'm like, it's got to go in there, and that is the wedding singer. Oh, dude, the wedding singer changed my life. I mean, it's the perfect selection of '80s hits that are just oh obscure. Oh my god, I can't believe left. that's not on my list. I can't believe you didn't hear me scream right now <laughs> because that should be on my list. And correct me if I'm wrong, but they put out two volumes of that. They did. There's there's a more music, but it's the main one that that is that's the that's the real the real heavy hitter, you know. I mean, such we're an talking, incredible compilation we're of talking the best 80s President's tunes. cover of Video Killed the Radio Star, which so is my good. favorite version. I love that version. That's the only cover of Video Killed the Radio Star that deserves any credit. Yeah. Do You Really Want to Hurt Me, Culture Club, Every mm. Little Thing She Does is Magic, How Ugh. Soon Is Now, Hold Me Now, Thompson Twins. Dude, Hold Me Now is such a tune. David Bowie, China Girl, Blue Monday, New Order. And Ugh. then it ends with... Adam Sandler's Somebody Kill Me, the song that he which plays in the is, is maybe the best song to come out of the 80s, which it wasn't in the 80s, <laughs> right. but it is in this regard. And yeah, yeah, and that world. And it's so it, like that song was the siren for grunge coming. It, it was it was it was amazing. <laughs> um I'm really sad that that's not on my list, and I'm jealous that you put it on yours, but I'm also glad that we haven't conflicted right thus far. so far. All right, number seven. Um and I watched it this morning to make sure, and not one of my favorite movies. It's okay, but damn if the soundtrack isn't on point because the movie is based in 1987. And that's, wait, you're watching movies in the morning? I did this morning, so so I could talk about this. I wanted to make sure that I liked the soundtrack all the way through, and I did. It, this, this is my this is my favorite quarantine fact about you so far is that you can just wake up casually and watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, why not? I like picture I like picturing well, you doing that. Why the hell not? I took a shower first. So wow, are, are you, okay? you got re- you got ready for the viewing experience. Yeah, I like to be clean. 
Well, I manscaped. I even sh- I shaved today. I did not manscape, but I don't know why anybody needs that information. Because <laughs> uh, we talked about it last episode. That's true. That's okay, true. so wait, what are we on? Sorry, number seven. We're on number seven. The movie's based in 1987, so that's probably why these tunes are so good. It is Adventureland. Oh wow! Yeah, um, what I remember of Adventureland, as far as and it, I only saw that movie once. I believe I was very baloney at the time yeah, and yeah. maybe with a girlfriend that I wasn't too happy in a relationship with so I wasn't paying attention yeah but the only song I remember very pivotally in that in that film was Lou Reed's Satellite of Love absolutely it's highlighted which is all through uh, the movie all but the not film. that it's okay. it has David Bowie modern love big uh, stars I'm in love with a girl the cure just like heaven in excess don't change my favorite in excess song great in excess tune crowded house don't dream it's over Oh. Husker Du, don't want to know if you're lonely. The replacements. I love Husker Du. The replacements, unsatisfied. And the oh whole, my God, that's my favorite replacement song of all time. And the whole score is done by Yola Tango. Wow. I know. I was like, this is impressive. Like, <laughs> I don't remember. The movie's not that good, but that score isn't, or that soundtrack is impressive. I don't like looking at Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I know. The it, whole role feels like he's just prepping for social network. It's It's weird. It, it it seems like his entire life is prepping for the same role. Right, which he already um, has played. Which, which he's playing right now, not in a film. Um, that is a great soundtrack, dude. I'm going to have to go back and watch that with you in mind, and maybe I'll enjoy it a little more this time. Moving on. Uh, I don't have anything more to say about that. Uh, number six, and this, if Adventureland wasn't that good of a movie, but the score or the soundtrack was great, this is where the, that divide gets even larger. This movie is straight up bad. But the the soundtrack is incredible. Clueless, <laughs> Clueless. I definitely went over. Don't don't get me wrong. I went over, and I also think that's a great movie. So Actually, that that's there. a slamming movie. Yeah. What am I even talking about? I definitely listened, to, and the Clueless soundtrack is great. I mean, it's so good. It's got Radiohead, yeah. you know. But uh, this is a way worse movie. And the funny thing, when I saw this movie as a child, or maybe I was a teen, I thought it was a really good movie. You know, of course, because your taste was still being defined. Yeah, back and then. it was challenging, and I was like, wow. And now I rewatched it a couple, uh, probably a year ago, and I'm like, this movie's terrible. It's terrible. But my God, the soundtrack still holds up, and that's Vanilla Sky. No! There's that yell. Oh, I knew that yell was coming. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you for, first of all, hold on. There's a couple of fuck yous to pass around. Okay, go ahead. First of all, fuck you for picking that one, because that is certainly on my list. I knew it. Number two, fuck you because Vanilla Sky was a fantastic film. Oh, no, you are wrong about that. Rewatch I, it. I mean, I haven't watched it in at least five years. No, but you're going to be a time, Especially when my drug use was like severe. Right. That as was, a, as that a, was as what was teen. going on. You were on drugs. I was it. on drugs. Actually, when I first saw Vanilla Sky, I, it was at a period of my life when I was on a whole hell of a lot of methamphetamine. See, so, there you go. Uh, I loved the film then, especially because of Penelope Cruz. Right. But I, dude, I've watched it since then, and it held up. What what's so bad about it? I don't know. When I watched the last rewatch, I'm like, this movie is just. Is it just because the cruise element now? Like because we know more about Tom Cruise and we know how much he sucks. Maybe it just hasn't aged well. I mean, watch it again. I just did not get the notion that it aged well. 
and it's kind of like spoon feeds you the answers really quick at the end okay you're right it does it does it does wrap up way too quickly and then they're just like well this is a good CRO song so we're good right which they're okay. right about there you know that that was a remake of a Spanish film that Penelope Cruz also starred in correct? right yeah but I've okay. not I have not seen the original so know. that film is just called open your eyes right and it's fantastic okay well i believe they, there's they, a good movie in there for sure definitely um okay now that, i mean vanilla sky soundtrack is incredible i'm so glad that well i'm not terribly glad that you put it on <laughs> your list because now i'm one down but let's talk about some of our favorite tunes from the vanilla sky soundtrack since i'm i'm all queued up this was on I mean, my list if a movie starts with somebody saying open your eyes and then everything in its right place starts playing i'm it's amazing i'm like yeah salt yeah, so it does hold up at least in the first two minutes. I mean, Salisbury Hill from Peter Dude, Gabriel Salisbury is one Hill of my favorite is, Peter Gabriel I mean, songs. I'm surprised I didn't put that on the funeral mixtape. Oh, that would have been a, a good couple one. of episodes ago because that truly is one of the better songs to play at your funeral and one of the best Peter Gabriel songs of all time. Yeah, which was off of I believe maybe his first record that was called simply self-titled Peter Gabriel, but Peter Gabriel's first three records were all called Peter Gabriel. Right. So <laughs> uh, it's hard to know what record that is actually off of. One, two, or three. Uh, it's a great song. And uh, Todd Rundgren's Can We Still Be Friends? So good. Such Also, dude, can we talk... That, that Rundgren tune is great. God, this... Dude, the Vanilla Sky soundtrack is incredible. Let's right. talk about Red House Painters. Right. Have You Forgotten? He's in the movie for a second, Mark Kozalek. Mark Kozalek? Yeah, he's in he's in the movie for a second. He like sees him in the bathroom in the party scene and like says something mean to him. Oh, that's that is him. Yeah, it's funny. Okay, so for everyone listening who doesn't know who is it, Mark Kozalek? I have no idea. He's the okay, grumpy so old Mark, man of the indie rock scene. So Mark Kozalek, yeah, the the old grumpy man. You guys might know him. The listeners might know him from the old dude who started beef with War on Drugs at Lollapalooza that one year. It's a whole fiasco. Definitely Google it if you want to. But Mark Kozalek has been around forever he was in a group called red house painters which is featured on the vanilla sky soundtrack but he was more uh popularly known later in his career as sun kill moon which has some um, great albums the, sun, dude sun, ghost sun, of the great ghost of the great highway is one of my favorite records of all time yeah and benji's fantastic benji but. is so good but that red house painters from the first group that he was in that track have you forgotten on vanilla sky is so beautiful yeah Oh. And also, you got Cirros, of course. I'm not going to butcher the name of that song. I've never Sven, known. Svenji. Yeah, don't That's even. That's about as good as you can do. And, I mean, you're also talking, ladies and gentlemen, we're floating in space, spiritualized. It's so good. That's yeah, like the, the best first, that's the best intro song maybe ever. Also, a huge part in the film with a very, the, the, the song in the film is is kind of a, a focal point of this particular scene. Right. Speaking of Chemical Brothers, when we oh, just shit. played the Kari song, Where Do I Begin off of Dig Your Own Hole is maybe one of the coolest Chemical Brothers songs ever released. And the, I, I, I mean, it's been a while since I've seen the movie. You're telling me it doesn't hold up. But I remember that song being such a beautiful accompaniment to that particular scene yeah no i mean the music holds up behind these scenes i don't know maybe we're just tomato tomato on this movie uh that's, maybe i just that's need just to one. watch it again dude. maybe you do uh but that's my number six moving on number five we're ha getting halfway through here the rules of attraction Ooh, good call um one of my favorite movies honestly it's it's uh, and another brett easton ellis adaptation yep i remember specifically 
when this movie came out. For some reason, I feel like when this movie came out, I was in high school, and uh, it was kind of billed commercially, commercially as like a romantic com- or like a, a rom com or a chick flick. Yeah, I remember the media being really confused about what it was. Yeah, and I remember my sister was watching it, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, this is James Vanderbeek, some Dawson's Creek type bullshit." You know? Can't I? I can't stand James Vanderbeek because of his five head. He doesn't have a forehead. Yeah, he has a, a five, five head. But and every time my I see the beak, on him was changed in this movie for sure. I mean, as far as an actor, like this movie, like blew me away. I also remember that, and I remember not wanting to see it because every time I would see the V beak, I would think of that <laughs> one scene in Varsity Blues uh-huh. where he's where he Ooh, tells his good father, soundtrack. "I don't want your life." Right. Which is the only thing that I remember from oh, Varsity Blues. Blues. But yeah, also great soundtrack because that was an MTV movie. Dude. Yeah, definitely. You know, if yeah. they didn't have a good soundtrack, it was you're basically a fucking... big old long Texas music video. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, give me some standouts on Rules of Attraction because I There's can't some big quite ones. remember. Uh, six Different Ways, The Cure, one of my favorite nice. Cure songs. Oh, that's uh, a great Cure song. Out of the Races and Onto the Tracks, Rapture. Um, there's Afternoon Delight, Starland Vocal Band on the. Wow. Faith, George Michael. I mean, and these are all used really well, too, is a big thing. The biggest one by far is Harry Nilsson without you, while Teresa from Warpaint slits her I, wrist in the bathtub. Yeah, I remember that. that yes. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> when we first first played with Warpaint, when Facial played with Warpaint, I barely knew Teresa at the time. She's she's awesome, but I, I was drunk and we were hanging out afterwards and I knew I was going to make a fool of myself, and I did. I was like, I saw you die in a movie once, and she's like, I know. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me that that's Teresa as in the drummer of Warpaint? No, well, she was the first drummer, but now she's uh, one of the singers and guitar guitar players of Warpaint. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so that was her in that scene? Yeah, because, she, well, the main actress, Shannon Sossaman, in that movie right. is... Uh, was also in Warpaint, right, r- for Originally, a and she's Jenny's sister, Jenny, who's the bass player. Of gotcha. So, okay, yeah, there was a lot that. of relation there. Um, but, yeah, that's Teresa as just like a young... I don't know how old she is, super young in the role, but she's the one who cuts her wrist in the bathtub. And it's two Harry Nilsons without you, and it's one of the most intensely brutal scenes in cinema. <laughs> that's also one of the biggest, like, indie street creds trivia bits that you could possibly totally know. right i know yeah crazy but that hit me really hard um and then also this this movie's how i heard of a uh, public image limited of pill really you didn't uh from john lydon who for those of you who don't know john lydon was johnny rotten who left the sex pistols and did public image limited yeah the song rises in this movie oh rises it's such so a good song good it dude rise is rises a prog punk sermon way ahead of its time absolutely yeah it's such a good song i i i play it at when i have dj sets all the time because i just love it's long and it never gets boring it's it's Dude, such anger an energy. is an energy yeah anger is an energy ah <sighs> what a good song okay number four moving right along okay getting close to number one uh-huh and this one is my i had to put it it's not you're not going to find this one on many of the actual if you Googled, you know, top 100 movie soundtracks. You probably won't see this one, but it's. I didn't. I didn't Google that. Did you? I did a little bit. I I I even watched last night. I watched the Bodyguard. Oh my god! Because the Bodyguard's good, but I did not think that movie really holds up either. It's very strange, and the soundtrack was no (laughs) doubt incredible. But the movie was. I was like, this is. I just saw this now. I can't include it as one of my favorites of all time. Were you going to? 
I, if it really moved me, I have no idea. It was on all the lists, of course. Well, because of Houston. Obviously. Right. I mean, their songs yeah. are great. And I was shocked those songs were written for the movie. Those are all like oh, huge Oh, no hits. way. So that that album falls into that weird gray area of yeah, people. It doesn't, com- it doesn't. There's some, she still sings I Will Always Love You, which she didn't record. Just uh, Actually, I don't know. I don't know enough about this to be commenting on it. I just saw it last night. Well, that means you're an expert on it. Right. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. I read a headline. You just said, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, what's in the four position? This this is a huge deal for me because I saw this movie when I was in sixth grade. And I tricked my... I, I was going to the orthodontist with my mother um, to get my braces tightened or whatever you do at the orthodontist. I try to block all that braces time out of my head. Uh and yeah, those were hard years. But very you know, hard years. You get pulled out of school and you can't go back because it's in the afternoon. So my mom would always take me to a movie afterwards. And I planned this one out. I was like, gonna plan to see this movie because it would be the only movie planned at this time after the orthodontist. And she couldn't say no. And it was rated R. But like, you know, she if if she lets me in, I can go in. How old were you? Sixth grade. So oh, that's hot. 12, yeah, 11. 12. Yeah, 11, 12. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I planned it out. I totally got it. And I told her it was a book I read. And, and it was a Lois Duncan novel, which it was. I know what you did last summer. Oh, I thought you were about to say Kama Sutra or something. <laughs> no. uh, oh, I know what you did last summer. Wow, dude. So, Deep Ref, yeah. a movie that I haven't thought about in 20 years. I love that movie just because it came out the perfect time. I thought it was so sick. I loved like Scream. I know he did those, those like Kevin Williamson, like slasher flicks. I was so in love with that because that was my introduction to like horror as a as a kid kind of, you know. Um, Let's be real, though. As an 11, 12-year-old kid going to see I Know What You Did Last Summer, you were also going for Jennifer Love Hewitt. Well, yeah. I mean, her breasts are just heaving on the cover of it. And, you know, you've seen the trailers. And, it, it uh, I mean, I'm a young boy. And I'm excited to see Jennifer Love Hewitt as much as I can and Nev Campbell. You for that still matter. sound excited. You might want to shut the door so your wife doesn't hear what's about she to knows. ensue. She knows. Okay. All right. Is that a pass? Does she give you a pass no, for the Jay Love like, You? We're not watching I Know You Did Last Summer. Okay. <laughs> But I love that soundtrack so much. And I it, can't remember a single bit of it. Please give me some selects. It's Kula Shaker, the grunge band covering Hush is the main theme by Deep Purple. It's a good cover. No. Summer Breeze, you know the song by, by Seals love and Cross? Love Summer Breeze. Absolutely. Covered by Type O Negative. Whoa. It's the scariest cover of Summer Breeze you could possibly imagine. <laughs> It's the only scary cover of Summer Breeze Summer probably Breeze. in existence. It goes like this. Summer Breeze. It's awesome. I love it so much. Uh, there's an Offspring B-side on there. The big one on there is Too Wiki by Hoover Phonic, which oh, yeah. is a huge trip-hop song. Right, to Great tune. The left of Portishead there. Great song. Kind of a poster child for the genre as well. Absolutely. The only reason it's not higher on my list is because it does have a corn song on it. And <laughs> which corn song? Some song called Proud. It's at the last song. I never get there. I skip it. That see, that would up it on my list. <laughs> of course it would. If there was a corn tune on <laughs> I don't have any corn tunes on my on my list, but if it was, it was moving straight to number one. Uh also it has uh this is how I heard of I don't remember know if you remember this band, Our Lady Peace. Oh, yeah, of course. That was a huge their late song, 80s, early 90s grunge band. Yeah, their song Clumsy is on it, and I I loved it as a kid. I don't love it as much now. It does. Our Lady Peace does not hold up. In fact, this whole soundtrack doesn't hold up, but it's so dear to my... It's my nostalgia piece, you know, of this. There's this a couple of those that I have, too, and I was wrestling with that. Like, oh, wow, this, this soundtrack is ridiculous. I don't know how much I would listen to it in my adult life, but it changed 
me at that time, so it has to make the list. Right, and that's yeah. that's why that's there. Enough about that. No, let's get into the top three because the top three are all top three. Here fantastic. we go. Do not take another one of my selections, please. Now, top three. The next one, number three is a Wes Anderson film. And of course it is. You know, there has to be one because almost all the soundtracks around the board are fantastic. But this is my favorite for a lot of reasons. Rushmore. Uh, you, that's where you would think I would go, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Nope. And no, I love the Rushmore soundtrack. Don't get me wrong. Me too. Is it Life Aquatic? Are you going Life Aquatic? That's my wife's favorite by far. And that is also a fantastic Well, the soundtrack. Sue George, yeah, is incredible. But that also kind of falls into the gray area of what we were discussing. Because mm, they're all Bowie they're, covers. Yeah, they're Bowie covers. Uh, and Rushmore taught, uh, showed me the Who's A Quick One While He's Away, which is my favorite Who, Who song. So That's the only Who song I even like. <laughs> it is by, it's their Stairway to Heaven, easily. <laughs> um, but no, it's the Darjeeling Limited. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, okay, two facts that I'm probably going to get fucking roasted for right now. Uh-huh. Never seen it, oh. and don't even know what's on the soundtrack. Oh, it's my favorite Wes Anderson movie, and it's not a popular opinion, but everybody in that movie is so good at their roles, and it's so funny and so sad, and made, just makes me wish I had brothers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, dude, I'll be your brother. All right, well, yeah, the, probably not in this context because we drive ourselves insane with, but uh, it's it's really the album, randomly, that got me really into the kinks. Huh. There's there's three kink songs on it. Um, Wait, you weren't into the kinks prior? Did you th- no. I mean, did you just see them as kind of like Beatles outcast? Kind of. Uh, I just I'd heard the name, never really got into them, but all three songs on this soundtrack are from the Lola versus Power Man album, which is an incredible which record. Is my favorite kinks album, and but none of them none of them are Lola. It's it's Strangers, which Strangers is so good. I yeah. see it makes me want to see the film. And the the, the use of Strangers it. in this film is so emotionally powerful. It's like the centerpiece of the movie. It's gripping. I, I don't want to spoil what happens, but it's gripping. No, because yeah, don't 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 ruin too much for me. This is making me want to see this. The, movie, the so. introduction of the movie is this time tomorrow, and they nice. also use um, Power Man at some point in the movie. So it's a bunch of kink song, a bunch of uh, traditional Indian music because it, it's based in you know India. Basically, they're traveling the whole time, but. And then there's a lot of French music in it too, and like Champs Elysees or however you say that song. Yeah, you probably just butchered that. I definitely did. Champs Elysees. I, I don't want to keep going with it. I'm just going to make it worse. <laughs> but it's I, I have that soundtrack on vinyl, and I listen to it all the time. Still, it's beautiful. Just a collection of world music that's done really well, and the movies just at every every scene that the music is used, it's perfect. And that's my favorite Wes Anderson one. Well, you've definitely sold me on watching that. Wes Anderson is just one of those tonal things that I can only do at certain points in my life, and I'm finding that I have less of those points these days. I get that. Like, I'm not really like, like, y- excited about new films by him anymore. I feel like if you want to write a book, just write a book. Right. Um, and it's also like, it's kind of how like the like white people love Judd Apatow. Yeah. It's like the only thing white people want to do is like sit in a movie theater and watch a 24 hour long Judd Apatow film on repeat. Yeah. I mean, I feel feel a little bit of shame having a Wes Anderson film that high up. You should. I I I was was obviously, I was going to put in Rushmore. Rushmore is fantastic. So is Royal Tenenbaums and Life Aquatic. Those first four, what a run. But I couldn't do it because it felt too on the nose. Even though I have a couple of on-the-nose choices that you're going to fucking grill me over. Right. Um, and and we have not talked Tarantino at all. Would you like to, or should I should I can it right now? 
Well, here comes number two. Is it a Tarantino? No. Is it a Tarantino? I actually did not include Tarantino. And in case... Neither did I. Okay, then let's talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Before I move to my top two, I wanted to include Reservoir Dogs because it's one of my favorites. Of course. Dude, and and obviously the music plays such... Because of the radio station narrating the film... Yes. It's... It it, it it it's so the music is more important in that film than a lot of his other catalog you know or it like, really came down to Nilsson because coconuts in that movie and I just thought the without you scene in rules of attraction is more powerful and I, I find something very movie soundtracked about Harry Nilsson you know midnight cowboy as well all of his records are just movie soundtracks yeah, and I decided that the use of without you and rules of attraction was best but Pulp Fiction obviously is a huge one too, but that also kind of falls in that category of just a bunch of obscure hits that work well together. Um, I'm not going to fight anyone who that's their favorite movie soundtrack because it is great. It just doesn't fall into mine. Well, I think you've done a really good job assessing on what the what it means to you to have a song accompany visuals as such. Yeah. So you've you've done a lot of emotional and mental research on this. I've only especially what, one you- of yours or two of yours. Just one. Just, just one. one thus okay, far. So you still and that was that. Vanilla Sky. Yeah, no. So, okay, but number two, and it's going to hit that whole stride we said that we weren't going to do or that you're saying is wrong. I don't remember the rules anymore. I don't care. The gray area. The okay. gray well, area. You, dude, you're the one who brings the rules. I to didn't this really outfit. bring rules. said top 10 movie soundtracks. If anything, you're ruling it. You're, you're, you're drawing lines in the sand. Do you want to argue? No, no, I don't. I don't. Okay. Sorry. What's I'm, top two? Uh, okay. Number two is Purple Rain. Of course. Okay. So. All right, now I feel much better about having some of the things on my list that I do. Yeah, um, because the Purple Rain. I mean, obviously the the record Purple Rain was an original piece of work that accompanied the film. I mean, by, so those songs. It wasn't a compilation right. per se, but all by by all defi- definition, Purple Rain should be number one, probably on everyone's list. On every list known to mankind. Yeah, I left it off my list just because, again, it was way too on the nose. Right. The only um, reason, I mean, the reason I have it so high is because I couldn't escape the fact that Purple Rain is a soundtrack that is also, arguably, an artist's best album. Best album, totally. Which yes. I, I I could argue that we could argue best Prince albums all day because I I sway from day to day. You know, sometimes I'm a dirty. Me too. That's something that changes. It's obviously I'm a like, dirty mind what, guy. One day, one day it's controversy. Yeah. One day it's sign of the times. You know. I think Purple Rain was just so influential at the time that you can't touch it. And the soundtrack is so much better than the movie. I'm sorry, but that movie also doesn't really hold up. There's some. Off- I'm not. I've, I've never been a Purple Rain film fan, but the 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 story and the music is what drives me right. to it. Yeah, time. it's a yeah. beautiful soundtrack. Some of the best Prince songs there is. I mean, Let's Go Crazy, Darling Nikki, uh, When Doves Cry. Crazy. Oh, crazy yeah. amount crazy. of good songs, obviously. Yep. I Will Die For You. Woo! Woo! All right, number one for me, and I feel if like... That's, if Purple Rain is number two, I'm about to be shocked and awed I feel like by you're number gonna one. Scream at this Ladies one. and gentlemen, here it comes. I hope you're going to scream at this one. I might scream. I'm preparing myself right now. Again, this is uh, like I know what you did last summer because it came out at a time in my life where I needed it and it just shaped who I am is 1996's Romeo and Juliet. Oh! Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Did you hear the scream? I heard. The, I knew. I was hoping I'd get a scream out of that one. I knew you were gonna pick Romeo and Juliet, and also when this is something that really annoys me, people say you're supposed to call it Romeo plus, plus Juliet. Juliet. My bad. Romeo plus. I have that written down right here. Romeo I plus. I hate Juliet. that. Can we just call it Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, I'm please? not gonna call it Romeo plus Juliet. Okay. Was this an, right. a math problem? God, dude. 
Why? Why did you have to do that? And that and, uh, I when started. I you say ninety six. Uh, uh, you had to do it. Yeah. Okay. Luckily, that is in. That's not number one for me. At least you didn't take my number. Okay. One. I'm glad I didn't. Um, that, well, that would have uh, been beautiful. But whatever. It would have been beautiful because we would have been uh, in orbit with one another. <laughs> sometimes with that, our alignment is just so beautiful. Yeah. Um, let, while we're on the subject. We might as well talk about how fucking great not only the film was, but because yeah. uh, Baz Luhrmann is obviously an auteur, a genius of his time. Um, the 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 soundtrack actually, it, it, you were talking about it introducing you at a period in in your life that was very, very uh, meaningful and like super influential, dude. This introduced me to a lot of groups that, that I hadn't known. Before. The big thing is this soundtrack introduced me to Radiohead. That's how I heard Radiohead for the first time was talk show host on the set. That was the first Radiohead song you've ever heard? Absolutely. Oh, okay, cool. That is a great introduction, and that's one song I've always wanted to see them play live, I and know. I haven't seen them play and live. And I've heard recordings of them playing it live, and it's incredible. And it sounds great. It sounds insane, right? And uh, The fact that neither of us have seen it after seeing Radiohead multiple times is also really upsetting. But I have but seen yes. them play Exit Music, which is also from this movie, and written also for this movie. For it. Right. Wasn't Talk Show Host also written for this, mo- this film, I believe though? so. Yeah, I believe they're both for this movie. And I mean, Radio is just the tip of the iceberg on this thing. I mean, it's got one of my favorite garbage tracks. Number one crush, baby. Yeah. Oh, what a tune. Local God by Everclear. They made Everclear sound cool. Yeah, which is really hard to do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you can't even debate. Like, that's a good Everclear song. It's a that's great a, it's butthole not even surfer a good song. Ever, the, oh, the butthole surfers, whatever I had a dream. Yes, I love also that song. There. I mean, obviously, we got the Cardigans, uh, Lover Fool. That was the, I mean, that was the first time I heard Love Fool. That's one of the biggest hits ever. And it's still that that song actually holds up, dude. Yeah, I know it's it's a catchy one. You can't you can't really deny it. You can't deny it, and you can't deny that soundtrack as a whole. The Wannadies You and Me song, I love. Oh, that such song. a good tune. Oh man, what happened? To, the '90s were such an incredible decade for soundtracks, man. They, they I think they, it they peaked really, right there. That's that's why it peaked right there. A Romeo and Juliet, and it just went downhill. Yeah, soundtracks. Definitely. I mean, there, soundtracks there, there, have there gone a, downhill since then. Oh, completely. And they're like 94 to 97 seems like when you had massive blockbusters of all different types of genres coming out, but that had such great soundtracks that had a life of their own, even on the Billboard Top 200. Absolutely. Like a lot of soundtracks, you know, uh, probably They'd hit kept, hard. Yeah. Yeah. They hit hard and they kept a number one position for a really long time. Absolutely. And uh, again, like I said, a lot of soundtracks are collections of, you know, kind of hits that you're reminded oh I love this song and I'm not going to mention which movies because you might have them on your list but this Romeo and plus Juliet soundtrack does a great job of not really having any hits on it besides maybe Lover Fool um, and just great songs from great artists that wrote songs for this movie and that's why it's my favorite it's, it's a really good number one selection and I would have put that at number one if I didn't think that you were going to put it at least somewhere on your list. Right. Um, so you took two away from me, like I said. Right, Did I not say let's that? Let's do your list. Make sure to tell me which numbers are crossed out because I already went through them. Okay. Well, I know which ones you took from me. You took Vanilla Sky and you took Romeo plus Juliet. Couple romance but, movies, baby. Okay. So wait, are we re- are we just jumping into mine? Sure. Good list, by the way. Thank you. Really good list. I really want to talk about 
I'm glad we're doing this list now because everyone has so much time yeah, that's what to I was watch morning movies. You know, yeah, we're baby. all draining. Morning movies. Morning movies, baby. Take a shower, manscape, watch a film. How, every, how often are you manscaping? Every you've got, day, you got to be Cameron. itchy. <laughs> every day. I like keeping it razor sharp. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Uh, okay. So this is Al's Side A, Episode 5. Top 10 movie soundtracks list, some of which fall into the gray area of what we've discussed in the rules, and some of which Cameron has already taken for his list. I can't believe you put Romeo and Juliet at number one. Good call, dude. Love it. Really solid choice. I feel good about it. You should feel good about it. Um, I think there's a lot of people agreeing with you out there right now, too. So, okay, number 10. You ready? This is what I'm afraid you're going to roast me on because it's so on the nose. Oh, dive in, baby. Number 10, 94. Double soundtrack, uh, Forrest Gump. Oh, you have yeah. to put. You got to put. Gump I, on the I list. went through Gump, um, and again, that's that's the only reason I didn't is because there's just so many hits. It's a little like it's it's just kind of like putting on classic rock radio. It's like putting on K Earth One Hundred One, like an oldie station, right. obviously. But this was when I heard this as a lad. You know, I was only six. Yeah. In '94, when I heard the record or saw the film, when I was you know six or seven or eight, shortly thereafter. It was the first time I had ever heard Rebel Rouser oh, by right. Dwayne Eddy, yeah. which is like something that is so prominently featured. Dwayne Eddy has so many instrumentals that like scored t- t- films that you wouldn't even know was Dwayne Eddy, minus the twang in his guitar. Right. Uh, it was the first time I had ever heard a Jackson Brown song, oh, Running wow. on Empty. Oh, that's a great that song. That was the first time I heard Running on Empty. And even as a young lad, I was Pray so for that man. He has the Steve virus. So No, he doesn't. He does. He's going to be fine. I don't want to, dude. I don't even want to talk about that. The John Prine thing. I know the John Prine. He's doing just, good. John I, Prine's doing all right. I, I know, but oh, man. And how? Um, we'll, we might. Talk, we'll get to that yeah, later. We'll, Thanks for ruining it. Sorry, dude. I'm for, so sorry. Well, that was also the first time the Forrest Gump soundtrack was also the first time I heard "For What It's Worth" by Buffalo Springfield. Right, and that's that Vietnam I, Forrest Gump classic rock right there. You know what I'm saying? Oh, dude. Well, that's a whole I mean, genre. I'm, I'm pretty sure that. Fortunate Son by Credence by Credence in that film uh-huh. was the spark of that song being used for every I mean obviously the song was about Vietnam right, but still but after Gump came out <laughs> yeah. I feel like you heard Fortunate Son in every Vietnam scene ever ev- for, like, for the rest Ken, of eternity Ken Burns shat himself and remade the entirety of his Vietnam documentary because he had to use fortunate son. And I'm glad you, 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 you did Forrest Gump because that fortunate son scene of him flying into Vietnam is so memorable. You know, you can see it's, it. It's, you can see it. You can imagine it immediately. And there's a lot of that. And in that's Gump. why it's, it's so on the nose. That is my like, that's my biggest on the nose selection. Do you even I think, think about the song and, Hound Dog anymore without thinking about like leg braces? I can't think about Elvis without thinking about leg right. braces. It's it's, yeah. it's ingrained, so I'm glad you brought that in. That's a perfect... It changed the face of Elvis in that tune and so many other songs, such as, you know, Fortunate Son and what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's important to have on the list for me, and, and most of my list selections are obviously things that... Uh, soundtracks that I heard or movies that I saw where the soundtrack impacted me during very pivotal points in my life, mm-hmm. such as us arguing about the the hold-up quality of Vanilla Sky. Right. I was watching Vanilla Sky a lot when I was on a whole bunch of meth. Right. That's, staying up that's for days on end listening to the soundtrack and you know relating to the movie in that regard in the in the disconnection of the the narrative of the film. Um 
Forrest Gump just did something to me. Yeah. Like it did a lot of people our age at that time. And I, I feel like today people are saying Forrest Gump doesn't really hold up as a movie. And that's, that's I haven't seen that's it. That's just dead wrong. I haven't seen it in years. I would like to revisit it's great. it though. It's just it's it's a very long film. It is. Yeah, you know, it's an undertaking. I mean, by today's standards it's not. By then by ninety standards it was. I feel like today every damn Marvel movie is longer than Forrest Gump. <laughs> right. Well, it doesn't it maybe Marvel movies feel longer to people like you and I because we're not brain dead right. in an arena theater just like staring at explosions and feeling contented by that. Right. We we haven't drank any lean and we're old. No lean. And I got to pee. Uh, although I do love a good a good tall glass of lean. <laughs> I'm, I'm um, having a nice glass of lean right now. <laughs> All right, moving on. You ready to start getting a little weird? Mm-hmm. 97 Try not to laugh. Okay. The movie changed my life. No. Men in Black. Huh. Men in Black, baby. Yeah. Don't I said try not to laugh. You know, actually Men in Black soundtrack is fantastic. The good guys dress in black. Remember that just in case we have a face to face and make contact. Mm, still knows it. Now, what what else still, is on that because I remember there being some pretty heavy hitters on the thing in general. There are multiple heavy hitters, obviously, minus the song I just sampled for you, and you're welcome. No, it was great. Which was the Will Smith title track, Men in Black. Um, One of my favorite... Oh, it's got Tribe Called hit- Quest on it? Dude, one of my favorite hip-hop party tunes of all time is We Just Want to Party With You with Snoop, Snoop Dogg Dog. and Jermaine Dupri. Yeah, that's on Honestly, there. Wow. Okay. If you're listening to the podcast right now, please stop the cast and go listen to that song immediately. We just want to party with you, Jermaine Dupri and Snoop Dogg, one of the greatest hip hop cruisers of all time, and on the Men in Black, the album soundtrack. So I I needed to put that on there because when I bought that soundtrack as a young lad and I heard We Just Want to Party With You, I realized what the the, the rest of my life was going to be like. Just right there. It was going... It was going to be like a Jermaine Dupri verse, which his verse is on that tune are so incredible. Um, and also the fact that they called it Men in Black, the album. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover right now. It's killing me. It's so good. Dude, Tommy Lee Jones. TLJ all day, baby. Just TLJ baby. all day. TLJ. Uh, huge TLJ. Okay, thing. moving on. That was Men in Black at number nine. Let's see. Okay, number eight. Try not to laugh. Okay. Okay. I'll, I won't like last time. 1999, uh-huh. on the ass end of the millennium. Oh, 99. Okay. Very sexy film came out. This is kind of, this is kind Cruel of. Cruel Intentions. Oh, you did it. You did it. Um, this was, this is my, this is my equivalent to your, I know what you did last right, summer. Right, yeah. No, it's a great soundtrack um, as well. It's an incredible soundtrack. Cruel Intentions is one of the hottest films from my childhood and it introduced me to placebo. Yeah, that's the first yep. time I ever heard placebo. Every you, and every that me. That song, every you, every me. And dude, I am still to this day a really big placebo fan. I've never been, but um, I, I do see the merit. I've just never. I do- I've love never it. Dove deep. If you haven't, if you haven't uh, taken any type of plunge into placebo, obviously his vocal delivery is very strange. But they were a power trio, and their record without you, I'm nothing. Mm-hmm is one of the greatest things to come out of like experimental indie pop grunge. It's really, really, really good, dude. Um, also, that soundtrack, Cruel Intentions, had Coffee and TV by oh, Blur. One of the best music videos of all time. Also, dude, let us not forget, lest we forget, Fat Boy Slim, Praise mm. You. From one of the best albums of all time. Which was called... 
Uh, you've come a long way, baby. You've come a long way, baby. Oh my God, I haven't queued up that record in a long. Oh, time. Oh, right here, right I now. Think, right here, right now is incredible. Oh, rock. I'm so glad you're a Fat Boy Slim fan. Oh, I love that album. Fantastic. Um, it also best tune off of 99's Cruel Intention soundtrack, Colorblind, Counting Crows. Oh, I don't even know that one. I'm not a. I'm not a I Counting am Crow. Colorblind. <laughs> I don't know it anymore now that you're saying that one line from it. Coffee black and egg white. Oh, it doesn't sound like a good song. Dude, it is a piano ballad that will make you cry. Okay. You're going to listen to Colorblind I will. tonight. And now, Bitter, Bittersweet Symphony is also on this bad boy? Oh, yeah. That's the closing track to it. I forgot about that one. Yep. Can't forget about that one. Dude, what a, I, go ahead and tell me it was a good selection. That is How a, did you guess that, by the way? I, it's the only movie I know from 1999. <laughs> <laughs> and I said sexy, and you immediately thought I thought when you said 99, I was like, is that Cruel Intentions? Then you dropped the sexy. I'm like, it's got to be. Michelle Geller's just like killing it. The gal, dude. Um, okay, so that, that was eight. Moving on to number seven. I can't believe you didn't have this on your list. Uh, you're probably going to think it's an easy grab, which it is, but the soundtrack was amazing, and that was 97's Boogie Nights. Ooh, Boogie Nights, okay. Because Boogie Nights, for the most part, kind of reads like a wedding reception. You know, yeah, it has totally. it has Best of My Love by The Emotions. Kind of like Wedding Singer see, for me. Right, You Sexy Thing by Hot Chocolate. Mama Told Me um, Not to Come, Three Dog Night. Right, exactly. So it, it also has like, Afternoon Delight on it. It does. We, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like we oh, both yeah, had yeah, an album with about Afternoon that. Delight on it. It also has some of my favorite songs that I've ever heard. Uh, well, maybe okay, one of my favorite songs that I've ever heard, which was the first time I had heard it on the soundtrack, and that is Voices Carry by Till Tuesday. Oh, love that song. I love Voices Carry, had never heard it before in my life. And the first time That's I saw on Boogie this Nights, movie, huh? Yeah. Uh, I can't exactly tell you the scene because when I heard the song, I was more obsessed with the song and I it like took me out of the film. That's how much yep. I loved it. That's such a good song. Also has Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Yeah. So whatever. And dude. Fleetwood Mac Tusk. I love Tusk. Oh, Tusk is great. And that was during the Stevie Nicks. Couldn't do cocaine up her nose anymore, so they built the extra room at the Village Recording Studio so she could have cocaine blown up her asshole. That's just good. During, that's just that's just working out a problem right there, you know. Yeah, no, that's problem solving. Uh, the, that's Tusk problem is solving. incredible. So whatever you got to do, do it. You know. Well, they had to build an entire cocaine butthole room for Stevie Nicks for the recording of that record. Well, so that. Beautiful thing. Heard it here first on the Goat Parade. <laughs> the butthole um, room at Village. <laughs> it's still there. Um, it is still there. They'll actually give you a tour of it and tell you the story. Oh, God. Uh, moving on to number six, 1996, just one year before Boogie Nights. Obviously, another easy grab, but it was the first time I heard Night Clubbing by Iggy Pop, and that's Train Spotting. Oh, man. I, I definitely went through Train Spotting last night because it is a hell of a soundtrack. Temptation, New Order, and Perfect Day by Lou Reed are also on there. And those three songs together on one compilation, I don't even really care what else is on the record. I'll listen to it over and over again. It's a great soundtrack. Primal Scream. It is a killer soundtrack. The Primal Scream, yes. Um, that The first time I heard Night Clubbing, I had not heard that before the film. And that has become, obviously, one of the stranger and much more alluring tracks by Iggy Pop to me over the years. Yeah, that's a great song. 
It's a great soundtrack. It's a great movie. It's a great soundtrack. Okay, so number five was actually where I put Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Or Romeo plus Juliet if you're a fucking snob. Oh, wow. So you had Vanilla Sky up there. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'll let you know where it was when I get there. So I'm not. I'm cruising over number five. That was Romeo and Juliet. Baz Luhrmann's 96. Going on to number four. This is kind of... I, I felt bad putting this on. This is actually from 2007. This is probably the latest soundtrack that I, I have on this list. But also maybe falls into the gray area a little bit of the rules. It's a double album. Um, and that's the Bob Dylan biopic, I'm Not There. Oh, okay. Okay. That, that counts. Uh, Does it count? Sure. It kind of works within the rules because it is a compilation of other artists covering his songs. I'll, I'll say, I say Such, count it. Okay, such as like I believe what was that the the film they did that with the Beatles that was starring Sean Penn, I am I am Sam. R- right. No, remember I am right. Sam. It was all Beatles tunes by other oh, okay. people. Gotcha. So that kind of falls into that category. But uh, Jim James and Calexico doing going to Acapulco. Oh wow, I have not heard that. I don't, that sounds amazing. It, dude, it's really it's much better than the original. Wow. Um, Love Jim James. I, I hate. I, I so do I, and I hate Wilco. Oh, but Jeff Tweedy doing "Simple Twist of Fate." I bet it's great. Off of Blood on the Tracks, so good. How could you hate Wilco? I can't stand Wilco. They are just it's they they feel like a prom band to me. That's so unfair. They're way too kitschy. Um, there's obviously been like some tracks off of some records that I've enjoyed more. But if anyone tries to shove Yankee Hotel Foxtrot oh down my, my throat God. again, I will shove dude, it no, so I'm, far down your throat. No, I'm gonna go fucking postal if anyone says I need to re-listen to that record. You to absolutely see if I really do. Wilco. No, I don't. Wilco's boring. End of story. This is because um, this is because you're Southern bred. This is what's going on. Is because you can't stand that they got a little country in them, but they don't go full country. Actually, Summer Teeth was the only record that I could oh, even listen to all Jesus, the way through. You and my wife, and just that was get the most all already. country thing. That, no, that was the most all country thing they ever no, did. No, it isn't. Everything Their first album, is, AM, is just all country. It's fantastic, dude. Being there I is more it. country than Summer Teeth. It gets less Being, country every album. If you're out there and you hate Wilco as much as I do and don't care about what Cam is saying, please text me. You're going to get text because I feel like all I do is defend Wilco all day and not their newer albums, just everything up to A Ghost is Born, a little bit of Sky Blue Sky. (laughs) A Ghost ghost is Born is garbage. Oh, that is ridiculous. It's a horrible opinion. Now I get to say things just to piss you off. It's a horrible opinion. Okay, so him doing Simple Twist of Fate was great. Cat Power doing Stuck Inside of Mobile with the Memphis Blues again was really good off of the I'm Not There soundtrack. Even, um, dude... Sonic Youth doing I'm Not There title track. Yeah, that sounds good. Was in- incredible. And uh, Stephen Malkmus doing Maggie's Farm. Wow. Is a real standout cover on that. If you haven't, if you guys are listening out there and you haven't seen I'm Not There or listened to it, please go do both of those things. Um, even if you're not a Dylan fan, it's almost, you don't even have to be a Dylan fan to listen to the soundtrack or go see the film. Uh, and Cam, I promise, will pick back up our Wilco argument very soon I, I i just would rather forget all about it <laughs> okay number three just to let you know vanilla sky was originally at number three ah. but i crossed that out and i made something else number three <clears throat> and this makes me happy that we've talked about the ghetto boys because number three serves as one of the greatest intros to thug or gangster rap from the eight, late 80s early 90s uh, that can be put in such uh, 
in a, an approachable medium such as like a comedy movie, mm. Office Space. Office Space. Okay. I didn't even office think space. about Office Space. Wow. Dude, Office Space minus like all of the Mambo and like Samba stuff that they have on there. No, Office Space um, is great. It has still by Ghetto Boys. Absolutely. It has Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster. Yep, obviously. Yep. One, and that tune in that scene, I mean, they basically play the entire song yeah. to that montage. It's, it's how everybody that heard changed, that song. Exactly. Um, and I'll remember, I'll never forget, I actually, I stole that record when Tower Records was still around. Yeah. Uh, it was during a more questionable time in my life. Um, and I went in and I did a huge CD grab and ran out the door and office space was actually on a riser, like by the door as I was running out. And while the security guards were chasing me, I grabbed office space off of the stand and ran out with Wow. So I was in the middle of escaping certain fate, such as going to jail underage Mm -hmm. and I found office space on my way out and I couldn't have been more happy to find that because... Uh, it also has no te- dude, no tears by Scarface. Yep. Incredible, and maybe the greatest Ice Cube song ever. Down for whatever. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna need this soundtrack in the next couple of days just to pump me up. Dude, down for whatever by Ice Cube will get you through this entire period of. I'm very excited about this. I can't believe Guaranteed. I overlooked this soundtrack entirely. It's such a good one. It is incredible, and you're welcome. Um. Okay, Vanilla Sky was at number two. Damn, number so, two. Took that right yeah, away from two. you. Yeah, number two. I'm so sorry. So I guess... Yeah, no, thanks, dude. I really appreciate it. But we've already discussed it, so I'm happy that we've covered that ground. Yeah. I'm going to move on straight to number one. Number one, baby. <clears throat> and this is to compete with your Prince's Purple Rain ah, coming to the table. Okay. Um, because this is also an original Prince record. That accompanied the oh, movie. Oh my God! You're not. I. You're kidding me, right? Yes, now. Yes, I am. Oh no, I'm gonna do it. Are you ready? I'm I don't so think the ready. people. I don't think the people listening know what I'm about to oh, say. They do because it's a. It's a. It's a. I don't know, dude. A lot of people don't actually know that this happened. It's the last great Prince album. It is, and it's his eleventh yep. studio record. It stayed. It ends the, on, literally. It's the end of the '80s. This album. It's the end of the 80s. It stayed at number one on Billboard for six weeks consecutively as as a as an as an album unto itself. Yeah. And was also only really recorded to soundtrack this movie to fulfill his contractual obligations to Warner Brothers as he was trying to get out of his contract. Right. So that makes it so much more punk rock. But also the fact that the record just fucking jams. It does. It jams so hard. People still don't even know what we're talking about, I bet, which is great. I'm glad we're like upping the mystery I hope we're talking factor. about the same thing. Oh, dude, we're definitely talking about the same thing. And we're talking about 1989's Batman. Batman. Ladies and gentlemen, Batman. The first installment of Batman by Tim Burton. Yep. The very first film, little known, or is it a little-known thing, dude? Uh, it's known. Because, I mean, the original Batman doesn't hold up great. Like the, no, the it original doesn't, run, although... I mean, it's better than like, the, the later 90s Batmans, but... Oh, my God, yes. Which, and I almost... I, speaking of later 90s yep, Batmans, Batman Forever. I just want to... Yeah, I know. Batman I, Forever, I, I Kiss from a Rose. I considered it, too. It's got one of my okay. favorite U2 songs on it. It's 
Dude, no. it has Seal's kiss from a rose. I know, and the, like, it's, like I remember the video was him like in the Batman Forever, like in the Batman yeah like, universe, set, yeah, you know? which was great. But Prince doing the entire record for Batman and writing original songs. I can't believe such this is as, your number one. That's amazing. Oh, dude, number one because this is my favorite vinyl that I own. Wow, you and do, I do have own, this on vinyl. I do not. I do I have, have so many Prince vinyl. albums, but I do not have this album. Um, the future is a great song party man when and and if anyone who remembers the film is listening right now but can't really place any of prince's catalog in it party man is the tune where jack nicholson as the joker is defacing the art gallery with his cronies and that is just such a jam dude um and the it actually the record closes out with a very special tune which i've dj'd at weddings just because it rips so hard bat dance and bat dance is this like crazy what is it 10 to 13 minutes long it's it's a it's almost like a medley yeah with a bunch of interstitials being cut in from the film yeah um and it serves as this in crazy uh, this this crazy sonic journey into this world of prince in gotham city which is like the coolest thing to think about right prince being in this like this beautiful treacherous fictitious city as gotham like for him to be a part of that and those universes to combine in 1989 is a huge thing yeah um that's why i put it at number one wow and although it falls into the gray area i still believe it to be one of the better examples it's more of a labyrinth choice but it's but, it's it's a great choice. I I can't believe that's that's such a fun number one. It had to be, dude. And I, I really appreciate you letting me have it at number one, especially after taking two two of, of yours away my from selections, you, yeah. which I I called very clearly before this all. <laughs> you wish, bro. Well, if you guys if you guys enjoyed this list, go out and watch these films again. If you haven't seen them, watch them for the first time. Yeah, un- go I mean, listen to the soundtracks. There's some, there's I mean, some obviously we did not include, and like I said, and you didn't actually put them in yours. I, I thought maybe you were, so I didn't want to say it. But just some films that are, have great soundtracks, but they feel like they're just a bunch of like big old classic rock hits, like Days and Confused, almost of course, almost famous, which is a great Absolutely. soundtrack, but. More of that. Two on the nose. Um, obviously, high fidelity. Of course, which we can't. We cannot put soundtrack from a movie about lists on a list. Yeah, That's just too much. Um, also, a big one that we didn't mention, uh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Oh, my That's God. a good 80s one. Um, another good R&B one, Waiting to Exhale. Waiting to Exhale is a great soundtrack. I almost put that That's in my so seventh good. seed. Uh, big yeah. Lebowski, Clueless. Uh, Empire Records. Oh God! I how did I not even think about Empire? Uh, Marie Records? Antoinette. That's one of my wife's favorites. And Antoinette. Yes, so it many is good a great sound, soundtrack. songs on it. Yeah. Uh, Space Jam. Oddly enough. <laughs> oh my God! Come on and slam <laughs> if you want to jam. Although you know all the R. Kelly songs aren't aging well on that thing. You're right. Uh, Nothing's aging well about R. Kelly. There's the Hipster Twins from the early 2000s. That's what I'm calling them. Uh, Garden State and Juno. Oh my God! You know what? Actually, can I? Do I have time to change my list? <laughs> One through ten, Garden State. One through ten. I mean, we'd be remiss not to bring up Garden State because I feel like it was. It's just such an annoying a thing new to generation's talk about because, like <sighs> first, like where we're talking about Romeo and Juliet and Romeo plus Juliet and Batman and these things that we heard when we were children. I feel like a lot of kids heard Garden State and that was their first example of a good soundtrack. 
Absolutely, but that's also kind of why it's annoying. It is annoying, and a lot of the songs don't hold up, and the movie's annoying. Well, it it made the Shins career. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even any of the best Shins songs. No, it just has new slang on it, yeah, right? Yeah, it's just new slang. I think there might be one other. I don't know. I don't even remember it. I'm kind of, I just, I didn't even want to look into it. Thanks for bringing it up, dude. <laughs> Thanks for ruining a really great list that we just had. I mean, you got to bring it up. You know, it's a, it's a strange one, but you know, might as well. Oh, also what we didn't bring up, one of the best kind of sad boy emo soundtracks, Goodwill Hunting. Oh, dude. Goodwill. I feel like I've done a disservice to both myself and this list by not even thinking about Goodwill Hunting. I mean, Elliot Smith, there's like four or five Elliot Smith songs on it. Elliot Smith wrote Miss Misery for the movie. Oh, no way. I was not aware of that. That's a huge Elliot Smith song. But yeah, that's it. That's a bunch of good soundtracks. Well, let's go ahead and give ourselves a round of applause. I feel good about that. We really long-winded that one, too. I love it. Well, we ha- we don't have a guest, and we're forgoing the Tone Throne, uh, which we will get back to when people have enough money to buy stuff, and we feel even like talking about gear. Yeah, it's just going to make me mad because um, I can't afford it. <laughs> no, I certainly can't afford it, and I don't even want to think about a piece of gear that I won't even be able to to touch right, so. any anytime soon. Um, so for those of you who enjoy the Tone Throne, we will get back to it. We promise. We will get nerdy again. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's necessary that we get to flex those We will muscles. describe them for you. Mm, describe them for me. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. I held off from doing any weird I cummy for noises I want, for a long time. I wanted time. the heavy did, breathing yeah, one more time. You did. <laughs> so, so before we eject from this long, long podcast that we were doing before the Steve virus... What, is there anything else you want to say? Uh, uh, just before we, you know, last episode we touched a little bit on donating, but we talked about donating to, uh, you know, some pretty, uh, we, we didn't really have any definitive links to give people last episode. So I just wanted to bring up uh, Live Nation is doing something they're calling Crew Nation. And if you go to livenation.com slash crew nation, uh, it's a global relief fund, and it's they're committed to donating at least ten million to crew people affected by the, the affected by the Steve virus. And I think we talked about that last time. That means catering, stagehands, sound engineers. So there's so many all production. There's so many different things yeah. that go into touring and playing live music, um, and they're going to go ahead and give. Five million up front, and if they get another five in donations over the next couple of months, they're going to go ahead and match another five. That's fantastic. That's so, amazing. It's incredible. You can go to livenation.com slash crewnation to donate or to buy merch. I think they're doing some limited edition stuff. There might be something cool there, but everything you donate will be matched. And it's it's going into the pockets of people who are really being affected by the thing that we, you know, or within the thing that we love so much by the thing right. that is really ruining everything. So yeah. it's going to be, it's, it's, it's just important to talk about like how rocky this is going to be, even when things kick back up again. Right. When the, when the world does return to its axis, the whole thing is going to be much slower to start up. Absolutely. Because A, there's going to be an influx of people all looking for work at the same time. 
and B, it's just going to for, to work around all of the rescheduled tours and to fit all of the rescheduled shows into a particular time frame that will honor tickets already bought. Um, it, it, it's going to be a huge mess. So the more that we can put in people's pockets now who are affected by this in the music industry, the better, because it's going to mean much more stability as we kind of come up on this thing when it's when it's time to get back into the workforce. Yeah, that's a great one. Thanks for bringing that to the table because yeah, so many no, people man, I know, just, sound sound people, you know, anybody who works in a venue, you know, it's a really, really tough time. And even when restaurants and bars and stuff open back up, who knows when tours are going to be able to go back in full swing. It's a tough time. A lot of dates canceled and a lot of rescheduled, you know, and then you have to try to take six months of reschedules and put them into one month of, of time, you know, right. like to, to try to catch up to where we are. There's going to be a lot of catch up. And I know there are so many different ways to donate right now, and I'm sure a lot of you are doing that right now um, at this at this time, this difficult time for everyone. But make sure you're not spreading yourselves too thin. If you have a couple extra bucks, go ahead and give it to whoever you can. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the rule right that's now. That's it. And we're going to do some supporting of our artists of our own on the next pod. Oh, I can't wait. Tell them during about it, the Daddy. the Go Parade Pod Fest, Good Times During Bad Times Quarantine Extravaganza. Oh, dude, I am so excited. And I, should we? No, let's not talk about any of the artists that are confirmed yet. Let's leave it yeah, a surprise. Yeah, I want, I want the whole thing to be a surprise. But I tell you, we got some good artists, local LA flavor you're going to enjoy. I'm really looking forward to the next episode. But today's been fun, Today man. was great. I mean, we... I was a little scared getting into this. I didn't know if we would have anything to talk about. I didn't know if we are going to be depressed. Obviously, or, we did. We've been talking for all day. I missed you, dude. It's good to be I back know. here. I can't wait till I can see you in in person as, oh, well, as well as dude. everybody else out there who might be listening that I know and that I frequently see. We're going to have such an awkward hug. Oh, I know. Well, hugs are just going to be weird. Maybe, speaking of our list, maybe we can share a kiss much like the kiss and in cruel intentions. I don't know about that. I'll think about it. Come on, dude. There was even a little spit dribble between there the was. lips when they pulled Somehow apart. they made that look kind of hot. I don't know how they did it. It was so hot. Okay, I need to get... I, 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 I can't talk Should about Should I watch Cruel here. Intentions tonight? I think I might have to. I think we're both. Maybe we should sync up and watch it together. Ooh, a little 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 Zoom session with some cool intentions. And, and I can call you, and I can keep the lip service thing. Would going. you describe them for me? Describe them for me. <laughs> well, this has been great, Thanks dude. So I much, love Al. you. I miss you. Thank you I guys you. for listening again. Thank you for coming back. Please make sure you find us on Spotify and iTunes, like we were talking about earlier. And get ready for next week's episode. It's going to be a true, a true extravaganza. Thank you so much. Go Parade out. We'll